Thank you, Wichita. Thanks, Little Rock. Hey, for sake, enough already. We are being chased by ravenous freaks. We don't have enough problems? Oh, they stole my Hummer. Oh, we have trust issues. Well, get over it, okay? We can't just drive down the road playing I Spy or some for two hours like four normal-ass Americans. me. Oh. I know. Nut up or shut up. I could use a twenty. Wanna feel how hard I can punch? Snowballs! Where's that? I feel weak, I feel numb. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great. Not really, but uh, I'm just lying anyway. So I, of course, have the uh, America's co-host on <laughs> on with me. What is up, Mr. Jameson? How's it going, sir? How you doing, man? We're going to get that to catch on. America's co-host. You know, I noticed on Facebook you updated that to be America's co-host and you put a trademark next to it. I did. Patent pending. I'm working on it. That's awesome. I <laughs> I had to laugh, man, when you were uh, last episode and you said America's co-host. I could just hear Brian all like pissed off. It, it was, was a loud exhale from him. <laughs> it was great. It was like... Man, you and Masunis, man, you're like, I, I think he has fears that you're going to like leave the show or something. It's like, that's not the case, bro. He's just America's co-host. That's how it is, man. That's right. You understand. It's all good. So, sir, uh, this is the epic Zombieland. I mean, it's already epic and we haven't even released it yet because my follower status has gone up. I went from like 46 subscribers to like 147 in like two days. Yeah. So people are anxious to hear what we have to say today, sir. Well, they have good reason to. I mean, this is going to be an exciting episode. We're about to uh, about to blow the doors off some things, and uh, yeah, people are getting on board for it. It's all good in the hood. There's, man. No, there's no dummies out there. Exactly. All right, sir. So before we roll into our awesome talk, how about we talk some movie and music news? Let's do it. This 
All right, so for movie news, sir, let's start off by saying that you have had a blast because you are having a three-day weekend, and you yesterday, uh, you saw three movies. However, you're saving your review for your upcoming Movie Mojo Monthly review. I suppose you're going to be recording that tonight. Correct. Uh, so can you let the STL Nation know what movies you saw and just give us a little tiny taste of what we can expect to hear from you on the upcoming show, sir? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yesterday, uh, yeah, it was off, and so I had nothing really going on, and I figured I'm going to pack in a day of catching up movies in the theater that I've been wanting to see or new movies that are coming out and just, you know, I don't want to fall too far behind. So, um, so yeah, at first I, I saw Taken 2, and I wasn't really excited to see it because it's getting some bad reviews, but it's just the way the movie times fell. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with that movie. It's getting the percentage it gets for a reason. <laughs> um, it's just, man, I love Liam Neeson, but he's made a few stinkers in a row now, you know. Um, and then I, w- I saw Argo, the new Ben Affleck-directed movie, and that movie was uh, that was fun. It awesome. was really cool. And uh, what was the third one I saw? Seven Psychopaths that just came out. Awesome. And, very good as well all right so i'm very excited that you saw those three and i can't wait to hear your thoughts i knew for sure you were going to go see argo and seven psychopaths but what happened to here comes the boom because obviously that movie has listened to stl because they stole my sound clip to the music spotlight (laughs) so hollywood is listening so what made you not go see that one um it was it was basically just the, the way the times shuffled out if i was gonna see that i wasn't gonna be able to i was gonna miss part of argo or part of seven psychopaths you know just laying out the uh, laying out the map of times and shifting everything around it just it was always a bad time you know so i'll go catch it it just wasn't gonna be yesterday fair enough i mean we both know it was gonna be a dumb fun movie anyway yeah yeah you know i like kevin james he's fun i mean he's not great but he's fun yeah, good times. So that's awesome, sir. I'm looking forward to your uh, upcoming review. And, and the killer thing that most people don't know about, but I'm sure they'll already have heard that episode by the time this one comes out. But you have saw Looper, and you won't even tell Brian what your thoughts are on that movie yet, correct? <laughs> no, Nobody knows what I think about that movie. Brian has been trying to hit me and hit me, and he texts me, and then he's I think he's sent other people that we're friends with to, to try and get my opinion out of me and I, I won't give it until it's live on air I keep telling him to save it for the show nice save it if, <laughs> it's, it's driving him nuts okay now I assume your wife knows how you feel right because if you kept anything from her man you're going to be in the doghouse well there's no secrets between me and the wife but you know what she didn't even ask me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome good deal so uh, for all the hardcore STL fans out there that love Toby Mac. You guys can be upset at Brian because the man just got to see him for free last night. And I'm a little upset at Mr. Brian. Yeah, I sent you the pictures too, right? Of Brian and his kids just kind of hanging out, talking with Toby Mac. It's true. Backstage before the show. Pretty cool stuff. So as Jameson has already pled to have emailers, uh, you know, my emailers, send in some emails. Make sure you send a little hate over to Brian about some Toby Mac. So <laughs> let's get that thrown out there now. 
He'll love it. Good stuff. All right, sir. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little CCP news, even though this is STL, just because uh, we are going to be recording a, an episode uh, fairly soon. But I thought this was something I wanted to talk about real quick on the show because people have been asking me my thoughts. But I caught Arrow last, uh, this morning, actually. I, I taped it. I watched it. Uh, have you seen Arrow yet? I have not gotten a chance to watch it yet. I recorded it. I just haven't had time to sit down and dedicate it with the kid without the kids uh, making me pause it every two minutes. Awesome. You know, so I'm hoping to watch it this afternoon tonight. Okay. I loved it. Uh, definitely has the Batman Begins feel to it, but let's just say he doesn't have the Batman code, which is kind of an interesting twist. Uh, but uh, I dug it, man, and, uh, and I'm kind of excited because it's the highest-rated CW premiere in three years. And uh, it's gotten rave, rave reviews. I'm excited, so hopefully the CW doesn't cancel it. I'm hoping that they learn this, the uh, the Secret Circle problem they had, which is they spent too much money on location. So I hope that they put the money in the correct place. So uh, it will, because Secret Circle was their third highest rated show. However, they had to cancel it due to all the locations. So I'm hoping with uh, Arrow that they learn from their mistakes and they don't cancel the show because it, it is a success, which of course, Supernatural, my favorite TV show, it actually helped boost the numbers by about 2 million, uh, which is, I think about, two, I, maybe it was 2 million total viewers, so it bumped in a million, but either way, it's definitely helping Supernatural in its eighth season, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. It's It was, of the new shows, it was in the top of the uh, my most anticipated new shows this fall season I, i'm really excited to actually watch it good deal i i loved it i thought it was great uh no complaints for me i uh, love katie cassidy she's some good times so uh, that is my thoughts on arrow i thought it was great i'm looking forward to the rest of uh what it has to offer so good stuff all right sir so for movie wise now uh the uh i did not see it you did and you had some interesting comments but the teaser trailer of a good day to die hard came out what's mm-hmm. your thoughts sir yeah i uh man it i'm torn because i mean it, as you know from hearing uh, our our top 10 action movies episode die hard is my favorite action movie ever and die hard 2 i love and but you know what that that Live Free or Die Hard that came out a few years ago really kind of, I thought, dropped the ball. And this one just, it, it's hard for me to get excited because it looks a lot like the last one did, which I didn't care for. I'm going to see it. You know, it's John McClane, but I don't like what they're doing with him. I don't like that they're making John McClane some crazy super-powered guy almost. I mean, like he's superhuman. He's not just the regular Joe that he was that I fell in love with in the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I think it's too bad that they're getting away from what made successful and they feel like they have to get, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger with every movie and more and more ridiculous. And I think they're getting away from what made John McClane cool and kind of going towards the, the cheesy old Schwarzenegger Stallone things where we have to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, though, I'll see it. Good times. You know what's funny? Uh, Die Hard 2 was actually my favorite for i want to say 12 13 years it wasn't until i'd say about a year and a half ago to when i switched it to die hard 3 i think it's just because uh, i just laughed so hard i think if i was to really reevaluate the series between one two and three 
I think part two would be my favorite of the three. I think I have a lot of fun with three just because I'm laughing so much. But all in all, I think part two is still, if I really had to just, you know, a gun to my head, I think I'd pick two. I just really, really love two. It's just so, I don't know, man. I really, really love two. It's an excellent movie, man. That one and two are, are Christmas Eve movies for our fans. Yeah, it's uh, it's a perfect one-two punch, as John the Mailman would say. Um, so it, even though I put number three, you know, um, on there, I, I don't know, man. I think with a gun to my head, I've just been really thinking about that. I was like, do I really love three over two? And Because number two had been my favorite for 12 years. So it's like, uh, you know, I am going to watch it. A good day to die hard. But I hear you, though. Um, you know, I enjoy the last movie a little bit more than others, but I do recognize its ridiculousness that they are making him more superhuman than before. So I'm hoping that the new one, I'm kind of excited because they are bringing in Lucy uh, McLean again along with the son. And I think they're bringing back the wife as well. So hopefully it kind of grounds it a little bit more to kind of be old school style, but we'll have to kind of wait and see. So indeed, indeed. All right, sir. So other good, interesting stuff. Uh, Terminator 5 has pretty much been canceled. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't a huge surprise to me. I don't know. I think I think that they're better. I hate to say this. They're, I think they're better served to almost reboot it at some point than to keep trying to yeah. tack on to it. I agree. You know, especially, I mean, you know, there was talks of Schwarzenegger is going to be back. Like... Okay, I, I think that, that that great time has come and gone, you know? Yeah. So it, it didn't surprise me that it's not it's not going to go. Yeah, and you, funny enough, um, I actually own Terminator Salvation because when Blockbuster was closing down in my town, I bought it for like a buck, but I've never watched it yet. Just because I've heard horrible things, I've just never had the chance to sit down and, you know, watch it yet. So Yeah, I was fully disappointed in that movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you hear, because me and you, we had a total blast with Expendables 2. I mean, it was the uh, most fun I've ever had with my wife at a movie. It was just off the wall, ridiculous, crazy. It was being back in the 80s again. It was like I was transported back in time. It was great. Heck yeah. Uh, did you hear about the female Expendables movie that they're doing? You know, I, I saw a headline, but I didn't actually get a chance to read anything about it, so no. Okay. So they're doing, um, it's going to be called Expendabellies, essentially. <laughs> Expendabells. I love it. Yeah, Expendabells. Yeah, there you go. And Gina Carano is the main star of the film. Okay. Uh, so that I'm excited about because, you know, she is, you know, I love her as an MMA fighter. Now, there's a lot of people had issues with her in Haywire. That's fine. Uh, I guess the real testament will be when uh, Fast 6 comes out next year because she's the Rock's right hand woman if you will so i think we'll see if her acting abilities have increased but you know fighting nothing nothing tests your acting ability like a fast and furious movie exactly it's true (laughs) (laughs) hey man fast five uh i love that movie man nothing but the finest thespians in those movies (laughs) you know what you know what i love though is my wife she watched the first movie hated it she's a big vin diesel fan right so when part two came out, I was walking in the store and uh, it was the ending of the movie where they do like the Dukes of Hazard style jump. I was like, holy crap. I was like, that looks cool. And I'm like, who's this Tyrese guy? 
ever since part two, I've been like, I love Tyrese. He's just hilarious. So I watched the from beginning to end of part two, and I was like, man, this is so much better than part one. I tried to get my wife to watch it, would not watch it. She's like, I hated the first one. So part three came out. I was like, look, watch, watch Tokyo Drift. I was like, you know, it's totally different than the other two. I kind of forced her to watch it, and she liked it because of Han, you know, which yeah. is really cool. So when Fast and Furious came out in the theater, uh, my sister-in-law was just like, look, you got to watch it. And we went to the theater, and she really, really liked Fast and Furious because it had, you know, Han in it and stuff. And she she kind of got into the series. So when we saw Fast Five, she's just like, this movie's awesome because she loves The Rock because she's my wife. So, of course, it's in, <laughs> it's in her DNA to love The Rock. And uh, I'm telling you, man, Fast Five is one of the only movies I can think of where the fifth in a series kills the other movies, man. And uh, I'm, I, I cannot wait for what six is going to bring because even Ludacris had tweeted that he was actually fearful of doing Fast Six because he's like, how can we top Fast Five? That movie was just unbelievable. And he's like, we've done it. And uh, I've seen all the set photos and all, this, and all the gags that have been going on on twitter and stuff and uh, i think we touched about this last time we talked so i'm yeah it's been it's been pretty funny watching you know the, the gags that, that uh ludicrous and them are going back and forth with the rock and... yeah did you saw the one with paul walker in the trailer right mm-hmm. okay yep. for, for those of you who don't know uh tyrese had been fighting with the rock about doing an arm wrestle and uh, he basically would never be in his trailer so he talked he started talking smack once Dwayne comes out of his trailer, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you an arm wrestle, right? And he runs after him. He drops the camera. Well, there's one where Tyrese comes out of his trailer, and he's like, look at that guy. Look at Paul Walker. He gets a bigger trailer, and we don't. So they all sit down, and Paul Walker starts to go off. He's like, man, mother effer, I made this franchise. You know, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for me. So then uh, he goes back in his trailer, and uh, Tyrese decides he's going to pee all over his tree. Well, Paul Walker comes out with a gun, starts shooting, and then the video ends. It's absolutely hilarious. So uh, I'm excited because, you know, again, you know, Gina Carano, when I found out she was cast as the right-hand woman to rock, I was like, look, I enjoyed her in Haywire. Even though I didn't like Haywire itself, I enjoyed her fighting style and all that good stuff. And uh, I'm excited to see her lead the Expendable, you know, the Expendable, you know, the woman, the woman version of the Expendables. It's um, kind of like it's kind of like when Bad Girl came out after Young Guns came out. It, I hear you exactly. Uh, I'm surprised that they haven't gotten. Uh, you know, I was thinking that you know they they thinking about a female uh, for the next Expendables. I'm surprised that that um, Mila Jovovich has never been brought up for those because I mean she is kind of like the female action star of the last decade. Well, here's the thing. They had asked why The Rock was never asked to be in The Expendables. And Sylvester Stallone said that The Expendables is meant for the non-successful action stars of today. The ones that used to be big but are not. So that's why he was not asked to be in it. Even though, you know, because if you asked Dolph Lundgren or Terry Crews, they're all like, who would you like to be in Expendables 3? The first one they said was The Rock. But that, that's Sylvester Stallone's thing is to bring new life into old characters, which obviously Jean-Claude Van Damme, his, you know, people are just like, wow, I forgot how how much fun he was. So his movies are kind of getting some, you know, some more publicity now and stuff. Well, he and, he and Dolph have their new Universal Soldier coming out on DVD soon. Yeah, and Van Damme's a bad guy, which, yeah. which is weird, you know. 
so th- I think that's what they're doing with the with the girl version because they're bringing back Cynthia Rothrock, which I used to watch her making horrible movies, but I just love to watch her kick some rear end. And uh, they're kind of bringing back those butt kickers, but Mila Jovovich is just huge. So she's like the rock version. So they wouldn't ask her to be in it because she's a big star. They want to bring back B-list characters, essentially. So they're, they're kind of going the same long lines of Sylvester Stallone's thinking, I think, is how it is. All right. You know, Gina Carano, she, you know, she's like Jason Statham. She is where you know who she is in a way, but she's not really headline. Well, she's headlining her own movies, but she's not like... You know, she's no household name. Exactly, exactly. So it's like some people know who Jason Statham is, others don't. You know, versus everybody knows who Sylvester Stallone is. You know, so that's why he gets top billing kind of thing. So, so good stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We'll see how how that all works out. Um, As far as other movie news, sir. So the Masters of the Universe remake. Um, Have you heard about this, sir? And are you looking forward? The long-anticipated Masters of the Universe. I was waiting for this remake to come out about two weeks after I saw the original as a kid. Exactly. Um, I'm excited for it if they didn't, you know, if they can do it right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, we'll see how it goes. But the Expendables two writer is the one that's re. Is, he's rewriting the script to Masters of the Universe. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. I, I hear you. It's like. <laughs> Expendables 2 was, you know, uh, just a basic story. I mean, it was basically cut and dry. You can explain the story in like three seconds. But it was just all about the action. So maybe they're going to try to make Masters of the Universe simple. You know, where it just is a simple plot. Everybody gets it and it'll be enjoyable. So we'll see how we'll see how it turns out. So did you have any uh, movie news that you have? Uh, No, I mean, really, all I have is the stuff that I'm that i have for tonight okay yeah you got to save that you got to yeah you can't uh can't go into there but i did see some gangster squad posters have been i saw the trailer again yesterday long trailer you did how was it i didn't check it out um it it, it's pretty interesting i think everything was good about it except for sean penn for some reason is the only part of that trailer that doesn't excite me and he's the star and he's the oscar winner right but the, the prosthetics on his face look weird. Um, but the rest of the story, like the Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, that end of the story, that look, it looks pretty good. Good stuff. All right, sir. Well, um, I think we'll call it a, a, a day for the movie news. So let's get into uh, the, the music news. And we're going to do something a little special today for the music news. Uh, if you remember in the Turtles 2 episode... I spent the music news section talking about my experience at the Skillet concert, and our and our American co-host here just recently saw one of his uh, favorite musicians, Henry Rollins. And uh, if you don't know who Henry Rollins is, obviously he's a musician, but he's also an actor. You may have seen him in Bad Boys 2. You saw him in The Chase. Uh, give me a few other movies, sir, that you, you remember him in. Oh, he was uh, one of his first ones was Johnny Mnemonic. Yep. Uh, he, he was also in Heat. He was the bodyguard in Heat. Um, and he was on, on TV. He was uh, season two. He was one of the big bad guys in Sons of Anarchy. Awesome. Um, I mean, I, yeah, he had he had the great cameo in, was it Jackass 2 or Jackass 3, where he was driving the dune buggy while Steve-O was getting a tattoo. Nice. All right, sir. So tell us your concert experience 
on the whole Rollins concert, you know, tell us from beginning to end, how was your experience, <laughs> sir? What happened? Well, this is, yeah, Henry comes around uh, about once a year because he grew up here in Madison. So he always comes around. And so this is, I don't know, the seventh or eighth time I've seen him in various incarnations of different bands or spoken word or whatever. So, um, so yeah, we got a big group together and went to go see Uncle Henry. And uh, it was great. I mean, it's awesome. We have a great little theater here, uh, which is not too small, but not too big. It's really kind of, you know, nice, intimate space here at the Barrymore Theater. And uh, went and saw him. And the, the one major drawback was there was two guys. Now, this was, this was a... a uh, I'm trying to explain. These these two guys were sitting next to me who decided that the entire time was going to be spent with them having their conversation. Got it. And it drove me crazy. I, we Everyone around them, they were just way too drunk and <laughs> would not shut up. And, uh, yeah, it was... There was some elbowing going on, you know, and some of this. Um, that okay. was kind of annoying. All right. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Rollins' band is what? Would you consider it heavy metal, hard rock? What would you consider it? Rollins' band is, yeah, it, uh, it's kind of a mix. It's more of a hard rock. Because, I mean, he started off, and Rollins started off in Black Flag, one of the seminal punk bands of the early 80s. And so he kind of carries this kind of punk, hard rock with him you know so it's kind of yeah it's kind of a mix between the two he admits he's no great singer all he does is yell <laughs> you know he's like i can't carry a tune i just write my stuff you know and he's he's a, the thing i love about him is he's a really accomplished writer i mean he's got 30 some books 40 books that he's written poetry and stories about you know the road life and this and that and so so his lyrics are always great you know he may not have a phenomenal voice but his <laughs> lyrics are always good Good stuff. So, uh, did he play all of your favorite tunes, or was there any tunes that you were like wishing he would have played? I mean, kind of. No, this was actually, man. This was a spoken word performance. This he did not have the band with him. So, what does that mean exactly for those? That means basically he's there on stage for three hours, and he's basically talking, and it's kind of like a stand-up comedy performance almost it's just him telling stories um about life on the road and him kind of telling stories about his feelings and things that he's done and this and that and never taking a break and just going off on crazy tangents and it's hilarious and it kind of all wraps itself up at the end but i mean the guy never takes a breath for three hours never takes a sip of water never hesitates it's it's crazy and so that's why it was driving me so if it was a concert if it was if it was his band i wouldn't mind the guys next to me having their full full on conversation for three hours but it was when it's a little more quiet oh. i got these two jerks next to me <laughs> see i was under the impression that it was like a concert and he was no this time stuff. he did yeah no this time he didn't come around with the band he came around with the band last year and uh he kind of alternates you know like one year he'll go out on tour of the cd the next year he goes out on tour just speaking cool yeah. So, so did you did you enjoy it overall though? Like on a scale one to ten, what would you give your overall experience? Okay, just I mean, just him. I mean, it it was great. It was it was a nine. I walked out of there just euphoric. Like this was awesome. Like all fired up. You know, he leaves you just feeling great. Like I can do anything. 
Um, so I, yeah, I loved it. I mean, like I say, I see him every time he comes around, and it just the guy's my favorite. I'm, I'm a big nerd for Henry Rollins, and a lot of people don't know who he is. But I mean, I was doing book reports on him when I was in middle and high school. <laughs> I just so yeah. I mean, no matter what, I'm gonna enjoy it. That that that's awesome, sir. I'm that's kind of cool. You know, I don't hear a lot of. In fact, I think this is the only time I've heard of an artist who does something like this, where he's not with the band and and singing it's just kind of a spoken word thing i mean i'm sure there's people that have done it but i've never actually heard of anything like that so it's kind of a cool experience yeah yeah definitely well worth checking out i mean he tours 350 days a year so you know he'll be around somebody's place every day (laughs) Uh, the the performance i enjoyed him in the most was the chase with uh, charlie sheen and christy swanson where uh he is the cop which has uh you know two dudes you know filming him the whole time but uh he i loved every second of him in that movie he is hilarious he makes that movie so much better i mean that is one of my favorite just dumb guilty pleasure movies but it's without him would be totally different him is that cop who's yeah because they're basically being filmed for cops the tv show whatever and he's just crazy in that movie. I love it. Well, sir, I thought I would kind of uh, say this now. What I was thinking is, is the next time you come on STL, and if it's not for a movie that you wanted to crash, but something that's planned, you know, I've really, I love your guilty pleasure section on on Modern Myth Media, not Modern Myth Media, Whoa. Movie Mojo Monthly. All right. You, you got the MMMs there. But I was <laughs> thinking that uh, we could do some of your favorite guilty pleasures because you had The Chase, Opportunity Knocks, and I love those movies. So I figured the next time you come on, we could do The Chase. And then after that, we could hit Opportunity Knocks. What do you think? I'll talk to Chase all night. I love that movie. And then what about Opportunity Knocks? Sure, I just I just did that one last month on uh, on Movie Mojo Monthly, but I'll talk it again. Yeah, good stuff. I, I, well, you talked it, but you didn't talk it, talk it. It was yeah. Like, I mean, I don't have the yeah. We we have you know five minutes to talk our movie. I mean, it makes perfect sense because our first STL experience together was the ultimate guilty pleasure, Cool as Ice. So I figured, hey, I love the chase. You love the chase. It's got Henry Rollins in it. So why don't we plan on that whenever we randomly decide to do it? That our next movie we talk would be The Chase, sir. Sounds good. I'm going to be Mr. Guilty Pleasure at some point. That, that exactly, you know, Just traveling, traveling town to town with my guilty pleasures list. Maybe, maybe I could rename the uh, Guilty Pleasure series to Jameson's Guilty Pleasures. <laughs> I figure that would be kind of a, a nice twist, you know, so people know this is, you know, since you, you know, you talk about it, your guilty pleasures, but you never actually get a chance to review it. So I thought this would kind of be a perfect, you know, your outlet to get your voice heard on why it's such a great guilty pleasure. So it's funny, man, because we've been doing Movie Mojo Monthly now for just we just went over a year and um, we start guilty pleasures probably about 10 months, nine months ago. And uh, that has been month in, month out. That is the segment that the most people respond to that they say, I love guilty pleasures or they write in about the guilty pleasure that we chose. That's everyone's favorite because everyone has these movies that they don't like telling people that they love. But we all have them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's funny that that gets the most reaction from our listeners is the guilty players like, oh man, I'm glad somebody else mentioned that movie because I wouldn't tell anybody I loved it, but I'm glad you said something. Yep, yep. 
And uh, what I really love is the response that happened on the last episode, sir. <laughs> um, I thought it was really cool when I got to hear Jason, you know, uh, do his sound clip, which was pretty cool. And then we get to uh, defend your movie. And you're like, let's hear what Masunis has to say. Thanks, Masunis. That was great. <laughs> that was great. No audio. <laughs> so here's something that I, I, I thought it was an honor that I was the first person ever to be found not guilty. Uh, it was just kind of a draw, which is pretty cool. And I thought my clip was so good that nobody got to hear it. Which... Well, we didn't want it upstaging the rest of the podcast. Right, right. So, <laughs> so I kind of asked you about if uh, you were going to uh, play it again on your next episode or if you wanted me just to play it on this episode. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's you. You can go ahead and play. I mean, we've been trying to get it on ours for a couple of months now, and for whatever reason, I don't think it's meant to be. It, yeah. Defend your movie. Mm-hmm. So we have we have one that um, has been sitting here for a little while. Yeah. So we're gonna get it out here, uh, Mr. Masunis, a uh, pretty regular emailer with us. Um, <laughs> I don't see it, but he okay. a couple. Okay. Um, Mike from the Sweet Leg Podcast is um, sent us in to defend your movie, um, and he is going back to our superhero movie episode, basically. And uh, we already took a beating from a couple of people about Daredevil, and he has chosen the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Which we can bring up now and defend your movie. Also, from Flix, his, his criticism of our... Uh, of our review of Predator was right. in the top ten. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But let's let's talk Masunas first, and then we'll talk back. All right. Well, let's let's play this, and, and we'll we'll come back in a second. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How? Oh wait, I'm supposed to be defending my movie. Hey, Movie Mojo Monthly. Jameson and Brian, how's it going? Oh, hey, sorry, Brian. I know you hate it when I reversed the roles there. Hey, I wanted to uh, send in a message about one of the movies I felt that you kind of dissed on that I really, really enjoy, and that's Thomas Jane in The Punisher. So a couple of reasons why I love this flick. Number one, the punishment that's done in this film is awesome because of the fact of Thomas Jane takes all the bad guys and has them do the torture to themselves. By the end of the film... Spoiler alert, you have John Travolta who took the love of his life and was believed that she's been cheating on him with his best friend and he flipped and killed her when in fact, you know, Thomas Jane didn't have to do anything. Of course, by the end of the film, he does the nice shootout. Uh, but I, I love the aspect of being able to turn your enemies against themselves versus having to go out and blow their brains out and everything. And I thought that was a really smart choice. I love the skull. I think the skull looks great. I think Thomas Jane does an excellent job of being the uh, very cold uh, to himself character dealing with suicide uh, but trying to find something to live for and by the end of the episode he by the end of not the episode by the end of the movie he finally has some sort of reason to live after everything he's gone through and losing everything so I personally love the film I give it a very strong four stars four solid strong stars I think it's amazing it's my favorite Punisher film to date and most of all I love the Thomas Jane uh, 
the short film that was done in the Dirty Laundry, I think it was even better than both films. It was amazing. So that is my uh, that's my uh, defend my movie. I know you're gonna consider me guilty. It's your show. Feel free. I just want to throw my two cents in there. So I love your show, guys. Keep up the great work. You guys are awesome. One of my all time favorite podcasts that I just cannot wait to listen to. So thanks so much for your time, guys. Missunis out. I just don't think. I don't think you're meant to be played on there. That clip has some is banned from the podcast. I'm assuming that's it's, what I'm. Yeah, it's true. But you did make a gracious offer about you know getting me on there for a segment, which that would be awesome, sir. So uh, whenever you want to make that happen, I'm there, man, because that would be an honor, sir. That would be fun. It'd be good times. I could finally mess around with Brian and be like, "What's up, Jeff Goldblum? How's it going?" <laughs> There's. It's funny because knowing Brian, he is the exact opposite in every way of what Jeff Goldblum looks like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. Good times. And uh, what's cool is, sir, uh, if we don't get together, you know, like physically uh, before the next time I go to the zoo, because I go to the zoo once a year, because uh, hopefully you guys will roll into Illinois and stop by my crib and we'll record a Sweep the Mojo episode, all three of us. I think that would be pretty cool, man. We'll see. I try to stay out of Illinois as much as I can. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> I try to stay out of your potholes when I cross that line. It's like, oh, my gosh, you could tell when you're in Wisconsin because now I have a flat tire with all your potholes. What's Those up? aren't potholes. Those are craters, man. It's a war zone up here. <laughs> it's true, man. All right, sir. So thank you for sharing your music story. I thought that was pretty cool. I think we'll end it for movie and music news. And uh, are you ready to talk some Zombieland, sir? I am born ready to talk Zombieland. All right. Let's get into Zombieland. Zombieland. It's like a greatest hits collection of nightmares. should actually limber up as well. I'm not easy to get along with. And I'm sensing you're a bit of a We're actually one of the few non-zombies left because we always play it safe. Drive slow, keep your eyes peeled. Bummer. We got taken hostage by a 12-year-old. Little girls mature way faster than boys. My sister and I are going to do whatever it takes to survive. I love you. Love me too. I haven't cried like that since Titanic. My mother always told me, someday you'll be good at something. I don't think she could have guessed that that something would be zombie killing.
Time to nut up or shut up. Oh, I love the f out of this song. How about we play the quiet game? I've actually been meaning to ask you. Do you never play the quiet game? A little help? You were like a giant walking robot, like developed in a secret government lab. Zombie land. All right, sir. So, Zombie Land. Now, I do have to admit, I was, I'm not really a humongous zombie fan. I mean, I love me some uh, playing some Resident Evil games, but this movie kind of took me. Uh, a little kind of I didn't know who Emma Stone was at the time uh, what made me watch this movie was a guy named Jesse Eisenberg because I had just seen him in Cursed Wes Craven's Cursed and even though it's, it's a horrible movie I really enjoyed his character I really enjoyed him I just kind of thought this guy is me he's just a total skinny geeky dude that just somehow has I don't know. I just I kind of resonate with the guy, even though my hair is nowhere near what this guy is. So that's kind of what made me watch Zombieland. And then I found out Woody Harrelson was in it, and I was like, oh, that's bonus points because I am a huge Woody Harrelson fan. I think he's very underrated, uh, and I think he makes solid movies, and then he makes crappy movies. So it's kind of a flip of the coin, which which Woody Harrelson are you going to get? So needless right. to say, when I watched this movie, within the first 10 minutes – I think I was crying because I was laughing so hard. And I said, this has got to be the greatest zombie movie I'm ever going to watch. And by the end of the movie, I was like, that was flipping amazing. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, especially about Woody. I really love Woody. And he gets a bad rap, I think. And I think um, he makes some bad choices with the movies that he makes. Um but then he gets into some great ones and even some movies that are lesser like this one or natural born killers or some movies that are kind of weird. He makes great roles, but then he'll go ahead and decide to make some junk. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm glad to see him like in the hunger games franchise now. Cause you know, he's going to be in it. And you know, 2012, um, I thought he was, I thought he was very awesome. I really enjoyed his crazy wackiness. It was really cool. I, I just really enjoyed him in that movie. Well, I mean, he was... Look, I, I'll give you a little thing from watching Seven Psychopaths yesterday. He was great in that. He was awesome. I mean, he plays that crazy kind of just out there guy perfectly because I think that is close to home for him. I mean, even going back to Cheers, he wasn't the crazy guy, but he was just kind of that... Something wasn't right with Woody, you know? Right, right. And he kind of brings that to every role where he's just... A lot of times he plays just that guy who's just a little off, you know, and whether it's a psychotic kind of off like Natural Born Killers or Seven Psychos or or if it's like, you know, 2012 where he's just kind of a nut job. Um, and it's the same in this movie. You know, he's he's got a weird obsession with Twinkies. Like, OK, he's got a he's obsessed with Dale Earnhardt. He's got to write a number three in all of his cars. All right. You know, so he's got these weird quirks about him. And uh, yeah. I, th I thought he was great. I thought this cast was great. I, I wasn't a big fan of Jesse Eisenberg coming into this because I thought that he was kind of 
he's in a very similar mold to Michael Sarah for me. Okay. You know, they both have that kind of fidgety, kind of nervous kind of deal. And I, I love Michael Sarah, uh-huh. but but I started to kind of tire of that deal. And then I see Jesse Eisenberg kind of come along and kind of sounds similar to him and acts similar to him. I was like, I'm getting tired of these guys, man. Yeah. What did you think of his performance in um, the Facebook movie? See, I thought he was great in that. I thought, you know, and both of them, I mean, Michael Sarah as well. I, I'm, I got really tired of both of them. And then they can have great performances like like Sarah has in in uh, in Juno or especially in Scott Pilgrim. Yep. And I, I think Jesse Eisenberg in this and in the social network are really good. And that surprised me because social network is kind of a different role than anything else he's done, like this or Adventureland or things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he does kind of, he did kind of stretch, but but then I do see him like in Adventureland. I'm like, all right, I've had enough of this character. Right. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, before we get into you know the details of our our favorite stuff, because man, I there's so much that I love about this film. A uh, little background on the film: movie came out in 2009, and it isn't a, a it is basically a zombie comedy. If you couldn't tell from what we we're talking about, but we got Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, the ever so amazing and awesome Emma Stone. Um, I think, man, I can't say enough love about Emma Stone, man. I mean, she is just mind-blowing awesome. She is one of my favorite actresses working today. I, she is great in everything. Even dumb little movies, she's great in. Agreed, 100%. She is just – and what I just love is the fact of uh, – I believe Superbad was her first movie – and she's naturally a blonde, so the way she is an amazing Spider-Man is how she looks. But they asked her to dye her hair red, and they did the same thing for Zombieland. So but when she shows up blonde, they're like, well, what would you do to your hair? She's like, well, I'm naturally like this. I think she actually looks better as, as a redhead. Um, what do you think? I do, too. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Easy A, though, is by far my favorite Emma Stone movie I love I I've, I had just posted on Facebook yesterday. Every time I hear "Pocket Full of Sunshine," I think of Emma Stone dancing and singing in her room. Way to go, Easy A, for making for another reason why you're such a good movie. Um, yeah, it's a good movie, man. I yeah, say, I, she hasn't made a bad movie yet that I've seen. I haven't seen The Help, but I've heard of The Help is things. phenomenal. Awesome. Um, and so, hey, pulling back the current a little bit, as Jason would say, I've never seen Cujo, and I just watched that last night. <laughs> the original Cujo? Yeah, the yeah the old school, because you know it's Fear Fest over on AMC. Yep. So I've never seen Cujo, man. And uh, yeah, I watched it. <laughs> Pretty good stuff, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Emma Stone is amazing, and then the other actress we have is Abigail Breslin. Abigail now, Breslin. Yep. Now, Abigail, um, as far as uh, other movies she's done, Little Miss Sunshine, uh, No Reservations, Nims Island, the movie that I know her from that I really enjoyed was definitely maybe with Ryan Reynolds. It was. It's kind of a chick flick, but not really. Um, have you seen Definitely Maybe? No, I haven't seen that. No. Okay. So Definitely Maybe is basically Ryan Reynolds is the dad, and, and obviously she's the daughter. And he's telling her the story about how he met her mom and kind of talks about the various relationships that he was in. And it's just a really good father and daughter kind of movie. 
And I, that's when I was like, I really like this girl. And then of course she's in my sister's keeper, which was, you know, a, a really good drama. Uh, the, the main actress who got the cancer and shaved her head was actually from the TV show medium with uh, Patricia Arquette. So when I saw her in Zombieland, I was like, oh, this is the girl from Definitely Maybe. And uh, I really liked her, man. She was not a weak point whatsoever. I thought all four of these guys were 100% solid. No issues for me whatsoever on these four. Yeah, no, I I think it's a great cast. I love Abigail Breslin. She was the little girl in Signs, too, man. When I saw this. Oh, yeah. You know, well, you know, I'm like, well, that's, that's a girl from Little Miss Sunshine. I love that movie. And I'm like, that's she was the little girl in Signs who was – you know, kind of moving the story along for that movie. She's a great young actress. Yep. Really good. Yep, she is. Now, this movie had a budget of about 23 million bucks. And uh, the movie had surprisingly uh, positive critical reviews. It's not surprisingly, but when you think of zombie movies, you're not used to hearing, hey, this has got great commercial, you know, commercial reviews and stuff. And the movie did like 60 million bucks in 17 days. And it's now the top grossing zombie film to date. And I, I, I'm glad, man, because uh, when I think of zombie films, this is the one that I want to watch, man, because this yeah, movie for, is good. For me, it's this and Shaun of the Dead. You know, those are my two favorite kind of – and they're similar. And I, I read an article where the the, uh, the writer-director had said, yeah, no, I wrote this after I saw Shaun of the Dead. I was trying to kind of write something along those veins. And so it kind of – very similar in, in just in feel of it, you know? Right. Dawn of the Dead was the movie that was originally the top grossing zombie film. And then this movie came along, kicked its butt. But for those of you who haven't seen it, which you should be if you are listening to this. but Yeah, because we're going to spoil it otherwise. Obviously. Uh, the main and there is some big spoilers in this movie. Big spoilers. Uh, which, of course, we all know the infamous story on Flicks. Uh, with Jason and Dan. you remember that one, sir? I do. And uh, for those of you who don't remember it, but it's kind of obvious, is uh, Dan accidentally spoiled the big cameo in the movie. And Jason was just like, what? And he's like, no, I didn't say nothing. And uh, that was kind of the shot heard around the world, sir. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big, I mean, it's kind of like the big thing with this movie was that cameo. Yeah, good stuff. So if you haven't seen it, Watch the movie, then listen to the rest of this. Yeah, we're, we're going into the plot right now. So here's your final warning. So here you go. All right. So essentially, this is about two months. Uh, there's like this mutated strand of mad cow disease. So about two months later, everybody kind of turns into zombies. So there's just a few humans left in the world. And uh, one of them is Jesse Eisenberg, whose character is called Columbus, because the characters, they kind of name themselves after the place that they're from, right? Yep. Yeah. And he's trying to trying to get home to Columbus, Ohio. Right. So he's uh, he's a college student, uh, just kind of a, a lonely guy playing video games and stuff like that. And uh, he's making his way to Columbus, Ohio. And he eventually partners up with a few people that are still alive. One of them is good old Tallahassee, Woody Harrelson. And uh, he's just a guy that loves Twinkies, man, because uh, <laughs> Twinkies have an expiration date. And uh, he's got to find them. There's not many people left in the world, so there's got to be a Twinkie somewhere. And uh, they decide to travel together, uh, which, of course, will lead them into Emma Stone's character, which is Wichita. And she has a sister. She's 12 years old. Her name's uh, Little Rock, which is played by Abigail. 
Now, what's really cool is these sisters are amazing con artists, which, of course, takes me to uh, uh, taking care of business and Opportunity Knox style when I think of con artists because those are my two favorite con artist films. Mm-hmm. And uh, before the catastrophe, that's what they were. And uh, they're having a little trouble tricking the two guys, uh, essentially. But, of course, they're women, so they always overpower the men and uh, get their hands on their weapons and steal their vehicle. And uh, one of the vehicles they had is uh, a Hummer, which is loaded with vehicles. And uh, then when they meet the girls again, they gain the upper hand, take their weapons in the car. And essentially, there's just this really awesome scene, which is the true scene where Jesse Eisenberg just goes off, which we'll talk about in a minute. Where he's just like, ooh, we have trust issues. Who gives a crap? Can't we just be normal human beings? You know, Can we just play I Spy while we drive down the road for a couple hours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. And they um they want to go to um it's where did where's the place that they said that they want to go to? The Pacific Playland. Pacific Playland. Yeah. It's kind of like a yeah big amusement park. They're going to to Wally World or whatever you know. It's supposedly free of zombies. So, right. Uh, Columbus doesn't want to go there first, but when Wichita informs him that. Uh, his hometown has been destroyed, uh, not so gently, I would say. Uh, he decides to stay with the group. Now, here we go, cameo time. They essentially get to Hollywood, which is just a super fun scene, and they go to a particular mansion. And the mansion is uh, BM, the the one, the only, the great Mr. Ghostbuster himself, Bill Murray. Uh, which, of course, we're going to talk in depth about this, but uh, flipping great. Uh, and I do have to say real quick though, you know what I love about the Ghostbusters scene is the fact of he gives the Ghostbusters suit to Woody Harrelson <laughs> and he's got the, and he's carrying the vacuum cleaner, right? That's <laughs> good stuff. So, uh, Tallahassee and Wichita, they meet Murray, uh, who's unaffected. Uh, he's just, he's disguised as a zombie so he can walk and do his favorite thing, which is golf and, uh, just safely live the American life and, uh, not deal with humans. Uh, now, Mer- uh, Bill Murray, he does something real stupid. He actually tries to scare Columbus and Little Rock with a practical joke, which you should have known this, but he was high. So you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not thinking straight. And of course, you know, reactions hit and Columbus kills him, shoots him in the chest and uh, believing he's a real zombie. And we get a real drown, uh, you know, drowned out scene, which is absolutely hilarious. And, and it has the best line of the entire movie in it. Is that the no, you have any regrets? Garfield, maybe. Garfield, maybe. <laughs> Which my wife hates that. She's just she went off on that one. She's like, because you know the kids love Garfield, and she's just like, what? What a jerk. Was, that was a total ad lib too. Really? That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, so essentially, after he's dead, um, they kind of hang out at his house for a little bit, but they decide that well, the girls decide. That they want to uh, leave and uh, go to Pacific Playland without warning because Emma Stone's character is kind of falling in love. And Columbus persuades Tallahassee to follow in one of Bill Murray's vehicles because, you know, he's got lots of them. So then we get towards the end of the film. We're at Pacific Playland, Wichita and Little Rock. They start activating all the rides and lights, but not realizing that there's nearby zombies. And uh, this ending, man, is just flipping if not the most action-packed comedy scene ever when Woody Harrelson, it, oh, it's good stuff, which we'll talk <laughs> about that. But uh, there's a big battle that ensues. 
Uh, the sisters actually get trapped on this uh, drop tower ride, which is amazing. And then Tallahassee and Columbus, they do arrive just as the sisters' ammunition runs out. Tallahassee lures one of the zombies, well, the zombies, the main zombies away, and he locks himself in this really cool and, I should say, confined game booth and uh, decides to go on uh, shooting zombies at his leisure. And then Columbus goes after the sisters to try to rescue them. And then uh, by the end of it, Wichita reveals her real name, which is uh, Krista. Tallahassee eliminates all the remaining zombies that are hanging out. And then, of course, he finds a Twinkie. Uh, well, he kind of shoots the Twinkies, but he eventually gets one from Little Rock. And then the group decided they're going to leave to Pacific Playland together and uh, kind of leave everything behind, even though they know that uh, there's zombies ahead. But they're kind of uh, a family now, a very crazy family. But that's essentially the movie. So uh, let's talk about all the amazing stuff in this film, sir. So let's start from the beginning. Uh I love the rules, man. Rule number one, cardio, uh, the double tap. And don't you just love the graphics that are on the screen? It's kind of comedy, the way that the graphics show up on the screen in the beginning of the film. What do you think, sir? Yeah, I love – I love. I mean, the, the rules are great as he's talking about them. They kind of pop up. And the one thing I really love about this movie is just the opening title sequence. Yeah. It's all slow-mo, and it's just showing these zombies just attacking people. In super slow-mo is, you know, like there's the fireman fighting a fire and here comes the flaming zombie and just drills the firefighter. Just, I think it's great. I think it really sets a cool style for the whole movie. I agree 100%. Uh, it does that slow motion scene. And then what are they playing? They're playing Metallica. What what song is that? Uh, I'm trying to remember now which one they had. The Bells Told, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And it just kind of fits, you know? It's just the perfect way to start the movie off it just sets the tone it's like it's it's gory it's gruesome but it's funny it is it is man you know and, and like you say with the with the rules it's funny they, they kind of set it up he has his his main four rules kind of at the beginning you know that you <laughs> that you uh make sure you have cardio because the uh, people without the cardio are the first ones to go which between me and you, brother, uh, you're gonna be the first one to go. And oh, I won't be. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be making it long. I'd be that guy running down the football field, just getting tackled. Yeah, because if you haven't heard our newest episode of uh, Change the Channels podcast, we discussed this in length in our 21 Jump Street review. How uh, I'm the Johnny Depp and he's the Dom Del. Uh, Peter Deloise. <laughs> he's not Dom. I'm sorry, man. I got a headache, man. It's one of those days, but. Uh, good stuff, man. Yeah, I love the cardio rule number one. Rule number two, of course, is the double tap. And uh, gotta love the double tap, man. It's good stuff. My, yeah, I mean, make sure they're dead, right? Right. And then rule number three. Do you remember what rule number three is? Be, beware of bathrooms, which is a problem for Columbus because he's got irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> exactly. And uh, then we have uh, random, uh, you know, as, as we'll go on. I love how the rules are. You have your first three main ones, but then the rest. Well, and you've got you've got number four of those is just a good safety measure. Always wear your seatbelt. Always wear your seatbelt. Correct. Number four. Always wear your seatbelt. And then after number four, that's when it starts to get number thirty-three, number twelve. You know, I just love the randomness of the rules. Yeah, just when something happens in the movie, all of a sudden, ding! Rule number thirteen. Make sure you do. You know, it's just it's great. Good stuff. So uh, when we get introduced to uh, Jesse in the beginning, 
Um, when, like, did you have the feelings with him, like, right away? Or was there a point, like, you had a turning point with this character where you're just like, man, I really like this Columbus? Or did you not have that whole Michael Sierra vibe yet? What was your, when you first saw this, what was kind of your thing right off the bat since he kind of starts the movie off? Yeah, no, you know what? I mean, really, I liked him from the beginning. Just, just because I... I like I said, the opening sequence just stylistically made me really interested in this movie. And so him just kind of giving his rules, I thought was really just interesting. The way it, the whole thing just set up kind of drew you, draws me into it, you know, and like, wow, this is kind of a different way to do a movie. And so, yeah, I mean, that kind of, I, yeah, I, I did not mind him at all. I thought it was really cool. Um, the way he set up and just kind of where this is going with him. Agree. Like what I really love is when he gets out of the bathroom and, you know, he's running and he tries to get to a car and, you know, you see the cardio and then he hits the O with the car and then the O bounces off. It, yep. It's just like, so it's so not taking itself seriously. And that's what's so great. I haven't seen Shaun of the dead, but I do know about it's kind of parody on, uh, on the zombie thing. Which one do you think did it better? Just your Zombieland or Shaun of the Dead? It's they're different, but um, man, it's hard to choose because those are like two of my favorites. Shaun of the Dead is it's hilarious and it is kind of scary actually really? more than this is. This one isn't really there's no real scares in it. Um, and so yeah, I mean it's I I don't know if I could choose between the two. I think they're both great. Okay. I would say really the only scare, like somewhat scary scene is the one with Amber Heard, uh, which is the girl that gets into Jesse's apartment and then eventually turns into a zombie. But then it gets real funny because she sticks her tongue out through the bag, vomits all over him. And, yeah. Oh, uh, and I really, I, I'm a big fan of Amber Heard. I don't know what it is, man. She's just real. I don't know. I just like her. She would be great in the female expendables, man, because she's just so like, like bad and just so I don't know I've seen her in uh um the the ward which is John Carpenter film she's in mm-hmm. angry with Nicolas Cage which is just completely off the wall ridiculous movie but uh it was cool I think this is like one of her first movies um I'm not sure if you've really seen a lot of Amber Heard uh, stuff she's actually in a new TV show I think it's 666 Park Avenue that's a new TV show she's in yeah yeah I um I've seen some of her movies, some of her early movies, but I don't know. I've never really had an opinion on her, I guess. She does have the first, yeah, she is the the one kind of scary part because you don't know what's going on when, you know, right. apartment 406 shows up. Right. And, uh, you know, like what he he's like, I got a girl here. I'm going to brush some hair over an ear. This is going to be great. And he wakes up and she's full on zombie. And he's like, what? you find out at the same time he does something's going on exactly uh you know with the going back to the cardio when when after the owen stuff i love it when he's just like i found a place to go number two and you're just like ooh, you know <laughs> it's some good stuff so then we get introduced to woody and uh man woody i mean argue i don't think arguably i mean he definitely steals this movie no doubt about it what do you think yeah he's great i mean just his his entrance you don't even see him. I mean, Columbus is walking down the highway, and I just here comes this truck with the big like cow catcher plow thing on the front of it, just pushing cars out of the way, and he opens the door and hits a zombie in the head. I mean, just his entrance is great. Like, who is this guy? He gets out with his shotgun, 
and uh, they kind of have a standoff on the highway, and like this guy is interesting. And He's crazy. What's great about it, you don't – I don't think you – well, I can't say you've never seen him in like an action role, but you wouldn't really think of somebody like Woody Harrelson in a movie like this. I mean he was in like Money Train and and a, a few action stuff, but nothing really like this. So when you're thinking of like a zombie killer, Woody Harrelson isn't the first person to come to your head, which is kind of what made it so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was great in this though. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I love his I love his line when he and uh, he and Columbus are, are arguing. He just goes, "You want to feel hard? How, I can't say it. You want to feel how hard I can punch?" Uh-huh. I just love that line. <laughs> I love how it comes back later. He goes about how I'm only gonna give you 45 percent power, and then he just punches them in. The, it's the place where they do all the demolishing of all the dishes and and all yeah, the, the the Indian place. He's like, I'm only going to give you 45% power. And bam, he just like goes flying. It's some good stuff. And I love when uh, when he gets in the car and he checks the back seat and number 30, rule number 31 pulls up. Check the back seat. And he's like, what are you doing? And then Woody Harrelson goes off on him about like, well, since I knew you were going to be a little uh, itch, which, you know, is the other version for that. He starts going off about how he doesn't want him to drive along and uh, I love the interaction between these two because they have a love-hate relationship for, like, the first half of the film. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they both realize that, I mean, who knows when the last time they saw a, a real person, you know? I mean, you don't know anything about Woody's background or, you know, Tallahassee's background. You it, just know that he just showed up as this crazy guy, and he's got a strange weakness for Twinkies. He's on a mission to find Twinkies, and uh, in this world of... It's been taken over by zombies. Like, you know, you, you realize, well, these two guys probably haven't seen real humans in a while. It's true. You know, you better try and hook up if you can, you know, ride together. And uh, when they find the hostess truck, I love the rule number 18 limber up. I love how the limber up limbers while limbering <laughs> up. I was like, that is just priceless. I just love that. Um, I don't know. There's just something that just makes that so funny when you get to the limbering up, you know, and I, I have to admit, man, I hate snowballs, man. So I, I feel Woody's pain when he gets into that whole thing of, of snowballs. Snowballs are disgusting. Uh, thank you. Cause I was afraid you're going to say, Masunas, what's wrong with you? I love snowballs. And we were going to have to have a talk if you like that. Uh, snowballs have chocolate in them, right? No coconut, man. I thought they had like underneath the coconut was chocolate. I remember him saying this coconut piece of crap with like pink stuff all over it. I swear it's coconut. All all I know is I took one bite of it one time. I hated it. I don't care what's in it, but it's gross. But I, I'm pretty sure it's coconut. I can honestly say I haven't had a snowball since I was like nine years old and have never craved a snowball in my life. Good deal. Uh, so yeah, they're they're on the hunt for the Twinkies. So then you get the flashback when he's like, you know, uh, things weren't always like this, and that's when you get to see Columbus in his apartment, and that's when you know 406, aka Amber Heard, shows up and just says, you know, somebody bit me, and that's kind of where you get obviously, you know, it's gonna pay off. She's gonna become a zombie. But I I really do love this attack, man, where she just wakes up. And I love it when he breaks her foot and just says, I'm so effing sorry. I didn't really mean to do that. And uh, it's crazy scene, man. It's I think it's the, you know, one of the most, it's, I don't know, I guess it's the only scary scene. But it's not really scary either. But it's kind of intense, though. 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's intense. Yeah, it's intense. for a few minutes. Yeah, for a few minutes, right? Uh, you gotta love the whole um, when the uh, toilet thing hits across the face, double tap hits the screen. Uh, that's some good stuff, man. I love how double tap always shows up on the screen. It's some good stuff. So then we get to uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> Talk, which is so good when. Uh, when Columbus and Tallahassee are just talking about, do you have a girlfriend? Starts making up people because we know that he doesn't have a girlfriend. I, I kind of love that. It's kind of a funny conversation. Yeah, his his girl uh, Beverly Hills, right? Yeah, Beverly Hills. His Beverly story is some good stuff. <laughs> um, and then of course we kind of get the tagline of the film. This is after he's told the Beverly story, and they show up looking for Twinkies, and he says, "Nut up." Or shut up. What do you think of the tagline of the film, sir? Perfect. It kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Nut up or shut up? Yeah, those are, your, those are kind of your options. You know, It's a world full of zombies. Nut up or shut up. So let's talk about the store scene. Uh, so many good things happen in this. I mean, you see him kind of pull out all of his weapons from the back of his truck. And, he's, and then you just see Columbus like, what are you doing? I don't get it. And then you're thinking that the place is just, just empty and what does he do? Does, he gets a fiddle, right? Isn't that what that thing is? Well, he's got he's got the banjo. I love, I, yeah, I love when he's pulling out all the different like gardening tools out of the bag. He pulls out a pickaxe, and Columbus is like, "You going prospecting?" And he pulls out like a garden weasel. <laughs> but yeah, he goes in with the banjo and starts playing the uh, the song from Deliverance, the dueling banjo song to attract the zombies. And and this is, I believe you said you love this song, right? This song? No, not this song. Where, what was the one that you're like, man, I'm so glad they played that song. Is that have we covered that scene yet or is that upcoming? No, no, no. It's 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 after they have their truce. After they have their truce. OK, cool. Yep. So, yeah. Point, stop me when we get there. Uh, right. I love this store scene because it's so violent, but it's so funny at the same time when he smacks that zombie in the face and you just see the blood go all everywhere. Um, I don't know what's. I, it's so funny. I just crack up. The more people that get beat up, the funnier it is. I don't know it I don't know what it is, man. It's just the way it's shot is just done so well. And I think maybe the music in the background, of course, helps the situation. But I love it, man. He goes up and pulls out his gardening tool and says, I'm just gonna take a little bit off the top. And <laughs> boy, these boys are really let themselves go. It's just great lines from Woody. He's just so nonchalant, just a big 400-pound zombie coming at him, and he's like, I'm just going to take a little off the top. Just brutal. You can tell it because they don't really show anything in this. You just see the reaction on Columbus's face as he's watching whatever he's doing with those garden shears, and you can see him just like, oh, my Lord, what am I dealing with? Right, and he's just like Twinkie, Twinkie Island, Twinkie Island. And then here comes a big dude, and he's just like, I'm going to take a little bit off the top, cuts his head off, and just proceeds to look for Twinkie, Twinkie. And uh, then we get introduced to uh, Emma Stone's character, Wichita, and uh, brings him brings him in the back. And uh, good scene, man. What do you think of the first time we see Emma Stone and uh, and Abigail? Well, I'm happy anytime I see Emma Stone. So, you know, that's that's always nice. And uh, yeah, their little con was great. You know, she comes out in tears. Come, come quickly. We need help. And and supposedly Little Rock has been bitten, and and they have to put her down, and she can't bear to do it. And somebody's got to kill her because she's gonna turn into a zombie, right? And uh, so finally, 
Uh, Tallahassee says, I- I'll do it. I don't care. I'd kill zombies. No problem. I'll blow this little girl away. And right at the last second, uh, Wichita says, no, wait, she's my sister. I'll do it. Give me the gun. I'll do it. So he gives her the gun. And he says, you need some help with that? She says, turns around and says, yeah, give me your keys and uh, all your weapons and everything. It just total scam job. Like, man, they, they took everything we have. Do you know what is the what just takes this scene over the top? Is Woody Harrelson giving the middle fingers? Yeah. <laughs> keeping it up, man. That is just priceless. Good stuff. And that just kind of cemented the scene as just epic. I love the flip off. It's just so his character. I love the beating up of the van. And that's the scene where Columbus and Tallahassee are just walking down. They have no vehicle and they're upset. And they see this van and he starts to break all the windows and get oh, yeah. top of it. And just like, I want my stupid truck back and he, he starts to go off and he's like thank god for rednecks because you see the hummer just chilling out when he looks across the street and uh i love it when he takes the hands off man good stuff oh yeah it's just they open it up and there's just hands on the steering wheel not nothing else just severed hands hanging out of the steering wheel yeah, you look in the back seat, and then there's an arsenal in a duffel bag. Thank God for rednecks. Which, of course, pulls up the Rule 32, enjoy the little things, uh, which is just they're, uh, you know, they're together. They got they got arsenal, which is convenient for them because, obviously, they needed some. And uh, then they kind of go back to Emma Stone and Abigail. Uh, Hold on. I, I want to I I say something here. This is the one part of the movie that bothers me, though. Like, the main thing that bothers me is, in the store scene and in this scene is the fact that Tallahassee is so willingly just wasting weapons. I mean, in the store scene, he has the baseball bat, bing, takes out a guy, throws the bat away, cuts the guy's head off with the shears, tosses the shears off. And then this scene, he, they find these weapons. Now, you've got to think that it's probably kind of difficult to find am- ammunition and weapons, you know. And they find this, all right, we have him. And what does he do? He pulls out the machine gun and just starts firing into the air. Just blowing through ammunition. Just like, I got to blow off some steam. Just pop, 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 pop. Blows through a whole clip of ammunition. Like, there's a lot of zombies out there. You know, probably save all your bullets. All right. It just, for some reason, just bothers me every time. All right. I I agree with you in, in one aspect. Because when he throws the shears, I was just like, why did you get rid of that? Because you've been storing that for a while. You had that in your, you know, back of your vehicle. You should pick those up. But here's kind of the thing. We all know that Tallahassee isn't all put together because of losing his son. He's just not really, you know, right in the head. And I think really blowing off all those bullets, as you said, makes perfect sense because there's a lot of them. My actual thing is in Bill Murray's place when they're just blowing off like yeah. That that's the scene that bothers me. It's like that's what I'm saying. All these scenes where they're just like, just wasting through ammunition. Like you're gonna run out at some point, and there's just thousands and millions of zombies out there, and you're over here just kind of just blowing through bullets left and right. No big deal. I I would agree with you. I think that if I'm in that situation, I'm saving every bullet I have. I agree with you. I think that is my only problem with the film is the the lack of you know I've been taught playing Resident Evil games. They don't give you a lot of ammunition. When you run out, you're screwed. They don't right. jack around in those games. It's not like it's not until you've beaten the game that you unlock the infinite ammo cheat code 
that's all fine and dandy, which then you can just beat the game in like a, a day. No big deal. But when you first start off that game, especially the new one, Resident Evil 6, it's crazy. You only get 30 bullets. And that 30 bullets has to last you a whole level. It's not fun. So that I would agree with you. That's probably my only problem with the film is the lack of uh, thought process behind the I get blown off steam. But he just did that with the van by taking the bat and being the crap out of the van. You just blew off steam. So, yeah, you shouldn't have just taken a machine gun and shot it up in the air and stuff. I agree with you. Um, I, All right, let's proceed. Yeah, proceed. So that's kind of our problem. But that's what they're doing, so there you go. Um, the gas station scene we get taken to where, you know, Columbus is explaining that, you know, they're very smart, and it's not their first time at the rodeo. And that's when we get the epic gas station scene. This is priceless scene. I, I love it, man. Um, this is where Emma Stone showing her rear end. So a nice horny guy will take a look at it and be like, oh, I want to go help that girl. And it's supposedly a ring that she's lost and just says, you know, I'm late. What does she get? She's getting married, right? Or is it her engagement party? It will, no, I think she's – what was it? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. But, yeah, she's late and she's lost her engagement ring. She's like, I got to find it. I got to find it. And he's like, oh, and, find it. And she's like, oh, can, can you mail it to me? Oh, yeah, sure. And he's got this big smile on his face. And instead of being a smart person – and looking for it then, he's got to go back in his office and make a phone call. I mean, obviously, the ring isn't there because when uh, when uh, Little Rock shows up, obviously, she has it in her hand and she just puts her hand down and pretends to pick it up. But, I mean, if you were this guy, would you not start looking then instead of going in and calling your friend and saying, yeah, I just saw this great girl, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Just go in like, okay, there's obviously a ring out there that is, A, worth money, and I'm getting a reward, and eh, I got a thing for this chick, because he's like, I'm single, you know, blah, 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 you know, I was engaged once. I'll... Yeah, instead of going out and looking for it, like calling, yeah, maybe somebody else will find it. It's Yeah, it's weird. And so so Little Rock is in the parking lot with the ring, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we could tell this guy isn't the sharpest tool in the tool shed. So, But needless to say, yeah, she picks up the ring that she had in her hand, and uh, he's like, oh, that, thanks for finding that. You know, that's that's mine. She goes, you got a reward? And empties out the cash register. And uh, then goes, she goes back to the car and uh, just says, this is how much money we got. And then they pull out a whole crap load of those rings. <laughs> what is it like? Yeah, like how many we got? Enough to get across the country. All right. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, they, they're like, what, 30 bucks, she says? Well, for the sweet price of $30, they can be yours. And then she yep. put lipstick on, good stuff. Um, I love the, uh, the, I think this is probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole film, is the, is the argument in the Hummer when they have guns on each other. And uh, you see Columbus for the first time standing up for himself. And just, oh, this is after, yeah, this is after they trick them again now to get their Hummer from them. Right, because they show up, they're like, oh, there, there's my vehicle, they got to be around here somewhere. You see Tallahassee, he's all looking around, and then uh, Columbus, you know, he's supposed to stay back, right? He's like, just, you know, stay here, I'll call you. Wait for my signal. Wait for my signal. And, of course, Columbus shows up, but he's real stiff. He's stiffer than he normally is. And why is he stiff, sir? because Tallahassee gets in the car and says, man, they must have hoofed it already. And he says, 
she's in the back seat, isn't she? Yep, she's in the back seat. And there's Little Rock with the gun on him in the back seat. So she's she's so fast. Right. And you actually get to see that she knows what she's doing because Oh, you won't use that, and she blows out the windshield. Please don't kill me with my own gun. <laughs> That's a great line where he basically cries and screams that out. Yeah, that is so good. And then, of course, uh, Wichita gets in there, and she starts to drive. And uh, it's shortly after this that they get into the fight, right, where they all got guns on each other, and he just goes off. And uh, do you do you remember word for word what this is? Because this is great lines. This no, I don't, I don't remember word for word what it was, no. It, but it's essentially like, oh, I have trust issues. Woo, you know, can't we all just, you said earlier, can't we just play? <laughs> Can we just play I Spy while we drive down the road for a couple hours? And he's just so disgusted with everyone in the car. Yeah. Like, there's four people left in the world. Why are we fighting? He just throws his hands up in the air, and he's all frustrated, and they just look at him. And you can see Tallahassee's face. He's just like, ooh. He just stood up for himself, and he's right. And then they like, okay, I'm putting mine down, and yeah, they kind of begrudgingly decide, all right, let's work together, I guess. Okay, so this scene here is, uh, this was ad libbed the whole when they're driving, and they talk about various things that have happened, like who's Hannah Montana, not not who's Hannah Montana, because that happens in the mansion, but they start going. No, no, they talk about that in the car. They're they're that's. Where they make all the little cuts about conversations they're having. Yeah. Different um, people are driving. Yeah. No, she's only a Hannah Montana when she has the wig on. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually all ad libbed. And then they're like, Oh, that's great. We're gonna leave that in the film. So I thought that was really cool. And this is the scene where they're playing your song, right? That you... Yeah, this is as they're kinda heading off. Yeah, that's where Yeah, they play my song. Good stuff. So uh then we get to uh number seventeen, Don't Be a Hero. Uh, that's always because that actually comes into play later on in the week because that will lead into the zombie kill of the week. I love the zombie kill of the week. I love it too, man. And you know what? I went on and I was kind of reading about it because I'm like, it's so random that they mentioned this zombie kill of the week. And that's like the one cutaway that they have to people other than this group in the whole movie. And I was reading about it and it was because originally this was supposed to be a TV series. Right. And that was they were gonna have a zombie kill of the week in each episode, and so that was kind of a kind of a thing from the TV series pitch that they had, and so they they kept it in the movie. I just I love it. I thought that was great. I want more of those. Yeah, which in all honesty, after this movie, uh, there was going to be a Zombie Land too. I mean, there was kind of plans for it to start filming a couple months later, but uh, things have kind of fallen apart, unfortunately, for the sequel. But you know what? I have to admit. I think I'm fine with just this one movie. I don't think as much as I love the characters, I don't know how much more you can do in the sequel. Yeah, no, I th- it's a it's a great just standalone story. I don't think I mean, I would if done right, I'd love a sequel, but I don't need a sequel. It's just a good movie. Not every good movie needs a sequel. Right. I mean, Woody Harrelson after making the film went up to the director and said, "You know, I have never wanted to make a sequel to any of my films." But this would be the one that I would love to be in a sequel to. And that was that was pretty cool. I mean, that tells you right away how, you know, how exciting it is. And as much as Jesse Eisenberg, he's not doing anything. Emma Stone, she's flipping got Spider-Man now, you know. I mean, not saying that she wouldn't have time to do this. 
But I mean, they were thinking about doing a TV series when kind of part two fell through. And now kind of all the actors are agreeing that we're kind of, you know, we've kind of made this a long time ago. I don't really know if you want to come back and make a sequel. Well, and especially, I mean, I think the hardest thing would be with Abigail Breslin, because in this in this role, she's a what preteen girl. I mean, early teenager. Twelve years old. And. Yeah, and so by now she's—I mean, by the time you get something filmed, she's going to be in her twenties. Um, I just looked at a picture of her, and you—she's not recognizable. There's a picture, like if you go to Wikipedia and just type in her name, and the picture shows up. She's got like, uh, she's smiling and she's got black eyeliner on, uh, but she's got like pink cheeks and stuff. She's—you know—she looks really pretty, but she looks nothing like the way she used to look. She looks like yeah, because she's a. She's a, a grown-up girl now. Yeah, uh, kind of like uh, what's one of my favorites uh, that she was a man on fire and Dakota Fanning, Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning mm-hmm. very cute little girl, and she's still she's very beautiful now. You know, you can see her. She was what recently in the Twilight films. Even though I don't watch those, uh, I've seen flipping through cable. Twilight would be on. I'm like, well, what's this? I'm like, that looks cool. And I find out it's Twilight. I'm like, oh crap. But then I see, hey, that's Dakota Fanning. She looks completely different than she did back in the day. So I agree with you. I think that's kind of the the big selling point of not to do sequel is how different Little Rock looks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with just having this movie. Good deal. But yeah, I love the zombie kill of the week because wasn't it uh, was it a church lady that drops a piano on a zombie? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, a, a nun or something. Yeah. Who, who got this the zombie kill of the week for dropping that piano on him. Good stuff. All right. So we get to uh, the scene we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier where they're in this. uh, It's like it's a store. Is it like an Indian store or like uh, what kind of store is this? Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a Southwest Navajo kind of store because they have like the drums and the the pottery and things like that in it. Yeah, it's kind of a Native American, uh, you know, just kind of. trying to think of the name of what i'm thinking but like yeah like a native american um gift shop type place yeah and that's when uh you see columbus he kind of has what perfume and uh he accidentally i don't think he accidentally he kind of purposely throws it on tallahassee because he tallahassee makes fun of him is that perfume and it's like oh you like her don't you and he he gets upset as guys do and he just kind of puts it on him and that's when you get the you know I'm only going to give you 45% power because I'm feeling generous. And that's when he punches them. And you just see, that's like you punching me. I mean, I'm like, I'd go flying, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great scene. Cause you know, as he goes flying, he knocks, knocks over some pottery and breaks it. Yeah. It's good. He goes, stuff. knock over some more. <laughs> Break stuff. You know, this scene reminds me of what me and my wife talk about. We talk about it kind of randomly. What would you do on a no consequence day? If you could have no consequences whatsoever, you just have one day to do whatever you wanted to do, and there was no consequences, no jail time, nothing, what would you do? And my number one thing is always like breaking in and destroying stuff. It's always like the one that I always refer to. So seeing this scene is like, that's my no consequence day. What would you do on a no consequence day, sir? (laughs) I used to have this discussion with, with some of my roommates years and years ago. 
we talked about that. If you could do anything, you know, and there was no consequences. And we talked about, oh, you know, I go on a killing spree. Oh, I go out and I just, and I destroy things and this and that. And it was funny because I had one roommate who couldn't understand the concept of no consequences. And he said, well, if we're, if we're going to do that, we'd have to, <laughs> we'd have to make sure we paid the rent before we left. If we're going to go off, <laughs> like, you don't, you don't understand what no consequences means. Like pay the rent. What? I don't know. Yeah, no, I would love to, uh, yeah, just go, yeah, man, just go and destroy stuff. It's kind of like, it's similar to, did you ever watch Double Dare as a kid? I the t- the, yeah. So you remember on Nickelodeon, especially on there, they would a lot of times have, if you could win a shopping spree, a Toys R Us shopping spree, where you have two minutes to throw as much stuff into a shopping cart as you can, right? Right. And that was always my favorite thing, to just run and just, grab as much as i could and that would be my no I, I, something similar to that just you're tearing things apart just having fun you know what's funny about double dare is the host did you, mark summers did you know that he is like has a a disorder where he cannot be dirty like if he's like uh he's like in that movie with jim carrey where uh, the one of the movies where if you touch something you got to go wash your hands oh like monk where yeah. Oh, and like Howie Mandel has the same thing too. Yeah, and like you would think he almost committed suicide once because he couldn't handle Double Dare. It's like, why don't you just quit? You know, it's like his money. The guy worked. who, the guy who can't get dirty is in the game where you have to reach your hand up a fake nose and pull out a flag and oh, all slime everywhere. Man, I, dude, you're bringing back memories. I love Double Dare, man. Oh. I loved it, man. The physical challenge. Do it. Uh, nobody could ever do it. Or if they did, it was like if a family did the physical challenge, you're like jumping up. You're like, did you see that? They actually pulled it off with like a half a second left. How'd they do that? Uh, so good. And, uh, yeah, the, pulling up the nose to pull out the flag. The What was the one where you had to go in like a pool and pull find all the flags? It was like yep. I think Fear Factor ripped us off where you had to stick your head in and try to find the like whatever it was but double dare man that's mark summers it's just like dude why would you do a job like this that's like you know me man i I don't even have a good example dude i'm terrified of birds that's like if i decide to go work in an aviary you know i'm terrified of heights i'm terrified of two things in this world bats which i love batman but i hate bats and well and spiders and snakes so bats spiders and snakes they all are equal and heights those two things uh uh-uh i cannot do i can't even go like 15 feet off the ground without having a panic attack Uh -uh. man and see next time you came up i was gonna take a hot air ballooning maybe go parachuting (laughs) guess that's scratched dude uh uh-uh i can't even go like on the the tilt-a-whirl at the fairs you know the the little thing that spins in a circle really fast ferris wheel I, no, not the Ferris wheel. I can if the I tilt a whirl. Yeah, the tilt a whirl. You know the thing that it's uh you're in a like a like a chair. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, it makes me sick. Can't do that. I throw up, man. I cannot <laughs> handle that. I went to Great America one year, my only time ever, and I went on a kid ride. The kid ride that did like the kind of like Dumbo almost, but it's the kid version. Got yep. sick. Couldn't even do it. But I can do water rides. How is that humanly possible? It's like, you know, the ones where you're going down really fast, like where you lose your stomach, just like the other rides. Yeah, I can do water rides, but I can't do those other ones. It's like you are an enigma. 
I, hey, contrarian Masunas, I guess. It fits <laughs> there you go. It's with the profile. Uh, but yeah, man, I no consequence day. That that that'd be awesome. So good good scene. And then uh, we get some more talk, and that's kind of where we get the Hannah Montana talk, the the driving with no seatbelts. Um, that talk. Uh, why don't you ever wear seatbelts? And you never know when there's gonna be a zombie, you know, because Mr. Columbus is all about safety and. Wichita isn't all about safety. She's just about getting in the car and driving. So good stuff. And uh, let's talk about, I think, the most epic scene of the film, sir. Bill Murray's mansion. What's your thoughts, sir? First off, Bill Murray is uh, probably my favorite actor ever. I think I own like 30 Bill Murray movies. I mean, I loved it. When When I saw this and Bill freaking murray shows up i'm like that is awesome you know and there's then i find out afterwards that the cameo was supposed to be patrick swayze right they're gonna be doing some you know some dirty dancing and ghosts you know kind of making fun of those movies and then unfortunately you know he got he got really sick with cancer and and couldn't do it and kind of ended up with bill murray and i'm glad because that was so good so when they got to the gate and you see the big bm did you did you know it was going to be Bill Murray or did you have any because obviously when they walk in and you see the the paint the picture of him with his faces in different colors then you're like yeah the stripes picture yeah did, but when you saw the BM did you know it was going to be him or not yet didn't really yeah I didn't put two and two together okay now you you do know that Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson worked together before right, right. Kingpin kingpin so it's this whole scene where he's like bill f and murray it's like part of me thinks some of that was ad lib because he you could tell woody harrelson not only his character loves bill murray but i think he really does love bill murray in real life and well from from what i read that the the entire scene with with everything with bill murray in it was a hundred percent ad-libbed seriously yeah, that it was all ad libbed. He Bill Murray was like, just roll. I'll just I'll just go. And me and Woody will react. And so yeah, and so you see most of what Woody is doing is just he just keeps going, I can't believe it, Bill Murray. And he keeps trying to do his Carl Pank, his Carl Spangler impression from Caddyshack. And yeah, it's it's the hundred percent ad libbed. You know, I I think Bill Murray is my favorite comedian of all time. I don't think I have a question on that. I've never seen Caddyshack though, which is fun. what. Yeah, I've I've seen part of Stripes. I know that Egon is in Stripes. Uh, I've obviously Ghostbusters. I love Groundhog's Day. I absolutely love Groundhog's Day. Um, I I really enjoy that. I've never ever once in my life seen one of his dramatic films. They're they're different. I like his Wes Anderson ones. Um, you know Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, especially Moonrise Kingdom that comes out on dvd next tuesday great movie great and uh but you know what i'll tell you a bill murray movie one of my favorites that is really is one of his best comedic movies that's really lesser known is called quick change oh that is okay. in my top three favorite bill murray movies ever it's right. hilarious maybe we should cut the chase and do quick change instead <laughs> i love that movie man him and randy quaid and gina davis oh. jason robards yeah he's it's so good and it's so oh. So, you know, it's it's not very well known. It's not one of it's not Scrooge or Groundhog Day or something like that, you know. 
No, you you have spoke you have preaching to the choir, sir. I love quick change. Amazing. Especially the ending, the last fifteen minutes. Can they get on the bus? Can they get on the bus? Can they not it's so good? So tense, but it's so funny. Dude, I love Quick Change, man. That is that is not even a guilty pleasure movie. No, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, I agree with you 100%, sir. Thank you for bringing that up because I've forgotten about Quick Change. Uh, man, and I it's phenomenal movie, man. I love Quick Change. And you're right. It's hard to find. It's not an easy movie nowadays to uh, – you know, when you think of Bill Murray, you definitely don't think of Quick Change. Right. But, yeah. you know, and he actually made a clown non-scary which is funny you because he's dressed up as a clown as if because they're, yeah. they're bank they're bank robbers right isn't that what yep. it is and uh, there's this one cop that just is after him the whole movie and just as bill murray's just one step ahead of him i mean by one step it's like a baby step this cop yeah. is almost always gonna catch them and he misses them by like two two minutes two to three minutes tops and that's why the ending is so great because you're in the same situation, and it's like I think they're gonna get busted this time. Especially because what Randy Quaid is—he is out of it. You know, like something yeah. happened to him where he—he—he—he he, 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 he jumped out of the cab and ran into the oh. the uh, that sign. So he's pretty much out of it. That's why they're trying to get on the bus. You know, because the cab was um, Tony Shalhoub was the cab driver from Monk. Oh yeah. And he can speak any English, and oh man, it's hilarious and great cameos. I mean, Phil Hartman, um, Kurtwood Smith, who plays Red Foreman on that '70s show, is the, the gangster, and just a great movie. So yeah, I digress, but that's a great movie. We yeah, can talk about that. All right, so for all you STL Nation guys out there that are like looking for movies, you need to find The Chase, you need to find Opportunity Knocks, and you need to find Quick Change, because those are the three flicks that we're going to be talking about next time. Unless Jameson Crash is one of my other movies, but those three, go find them because that's what we're talking next time. Any any one of those three, we haven't decided yet, but good, good. good picks, sir. Those are flipping amazing. All right, so the Bill Murray scene, uh, it's kind of funny when they start getting high because I wasn't really expecting that. So do you think that was kind of ad-libbed too, or do you think that was in the script? Yeah, I don't know. That was probably in the script. I don't know. Okay. Who knows with Bill Murray? Right. But it's crazy. But the best part is, is you see Columbus and uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, Wichita. Wichita. They're watching Ghostbusters. You had to love. Oh, oh no, he's Columbus and Little Rock are watching Ghostbusters. Yeah, Columbus and Little Rock. They're watching Ghostbusters. And the best thing is, who are you gonna call? He's like, hey, watch this. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> You're gonna find out who you're who you're supposed to call. It's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then you gotta love how they emphasize the Twinkie scene because of the whole Twinkie thing in the movie. And yes. I, it, it obviously helps because this movie was distributed by Columbia Pictures, which Columbia Pictures obviously did Ghostbusters. So trying to get the rights to this film wasn't a stretch of the imagination because you had Bill Murray in there and Columbia Pictures. It's flipping kind of easy to get a hold of Ghostbusters to do in this film, which that that's just kind of what makes this movie set apart from other zombie movies is the fact of not only this cameo, but you got the Ghostbusters movie in there and you got to love how the whole let's go chase some ghosts and and Woody Harrelson is in Bill Murray's outfit and yet. <laughs> He's not even he's not even Peter. He's Woody Harrelson is Peter 
and that's what and he's playing Ray, which is yeah. Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. So good. Uh, I I can watch that scene over and over and over again, man. Uh, I would have to say top three best cameo of all time. I mean, easily in the top three there, man. So it's so great. Yep. So great. So uh, then of course Bill Murray gets killed. They start wasting bullets. I mean, they're shooting up in the air. I, I think it's funny when he's like, sorry, it's a double shot. They got to wait for him to reload. But I mean, oh, they're trying to do their 21 gun salute. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you guys just wasted a whole bunch of bullets. And then they're hanging out by the swimming pool. And I mean, this scene does pay off because Little Rock is taught how to shoot. You know, uh, Tallahassee shows her, look, you just got to take a breath. You know, and this is how you do it. I mean, it's cool that that scene pays off, but they waste a lot of ammunition in this scene, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, outside of that, uh, what do we have next? Jeez, um, Louise. Well, oh. then the girls the girls leave them again. Well, before we talk about that, uh, the Garfield line. Uh, yeah. What did you think about the Garfield line when you first heard that? Hilarious. Dude, I, I, I laughed out loud when I heard that. It was so good. <laughs> good stuff. Because my kids my kids uh, do like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters, but they lo- obviously love Garfield. And I, I actually that's why I watched Garfield because he was the voice and I thought it was I thought it was a fun movie. I mean it's a kids flick, so you can't be too hard on a kids movie, but it was good times, man. I really enjoyed the Garfield movies, man. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, going back to where you left off, go ahead. Oh yeah, so I mean, because we we had the scene where where Wichita and Columbus, you know, have the bottle of wine and start dancing and they have their moment, right? And Tallahassee comes in and breaks it up, and uh, so you wake up the next morning and the girls are leaving them again. They're taking off with their vehicle another time. Well, before we before that though, we kind of get the only serious moment in the film. And that's when they're kind of sitting by the fire and uh, they talk about, you know, originally uh, they're think Columbus thought that Tallahassee had a dog that he was in love with, but he finds out it's his son. And right. that's when you get the serious point of the film, because I did like the line where he's talking about, you know, what's great about Z-Land? No more Facebook statuses, which I just chuckled at because he goes to a Facebook movie. But then it gets serious about his son. And it's just, you know, it, it gets serious, you know, and. It, at least it kind of gives you a, a in-depth character moment in kind of a over-the-top dumb dumb fun movie. You know what I mean? Yep. I thought yeah. that's pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. After that series scene, which I'd say the series scene's about a good six or seven minutes, and then after that it goes back to fun. The girls, of course, take the vehicle, take off again, and uh, and the dudes are uh, they're kind of left what to do. And that's when. That's when they decide, you know, uh, Columbus kind of convinces them he's they're, they're going to go separate ways. Columbus gets on the motorcycle and Tallahassee gets in gets in the uh, truck and they go to, go to leave. That's when you realize Columbus has never ridden a motorcycle before because he goes straight into the bushes with it. And uh, Tallahassee says, get in the truck, I guess. Let's go get him. Now, here's a question for you. Uh, when the girls get to Pacific Plainland, where did Wichita get the gloves from? It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she just randomly shows up with gloves. 
when she's shooting the dudes, when she starts shooting the zombies. I'm like, that's the thing that drove me nuts, though, is, okay, so they show up at Pacific Playland, right? And the gate is locked. Right. And so they kind of just push it open with the Hummer, you know, there's open sesame, gate busts open, they go in. Now, you got to assume that you know there's zombies somewhere. They don't close the gate behind them. Just leave it open. <laughs> and we're going to go in and we're going to turn every light in every machine on. It's going to attract some attention. Let's leave the gate open. Well, in their defense, they did think it was zombie free. So they inside the gates. Yeah. Yeah. Inside the gates. But in reality, though, if they didn't do that, they wouldn't have seen all the zombies. You know what I'm saying? True enough. True enough. So, I mean, it, it works it works to its advantage that, okay, it was a stupid move, but I'm going to give them the whole adrenaline kind of overtook their brain cells. Like we're finally here. Let's go have fun that we've been just, you know, this is what they've been living for is to get to this place and just have somewhat of a normal life. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they weren't really thinking too straight because I've, you know, it sometimes happens. You get to your, your destination, you know, you're on vacate, you're, you're, you've been planning this vacation, you and your kids, you get there and maybe you do something stupid that you normally wouldn't do, but your excitement level is kind of overtaking your brain cells. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt with that whole leaving the gate open thing, but you're right. It wasn't too smart. So I don't know. You kind of agree with that or no? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Right. I, you, let, you, I, you let the zombies in. Right. I hear you. Uh, but it's a good scene, though, man, outside of the random glove that shows up, because I don't know. I watched it twice in two days, and I never once saw her grab gloves anywhere. But uh, I love how uh, this whole sequence, The what I love about it is, is how real it is. Because, like, for example, when they get up on top of that, you know, the top of the drop tower ride, and the zombies fall to their death, it's one shot and the person falls and their brain explodes. It's like that's obviously a stuntman falling, but if that's CGI, man, that's some top-notch CGI. I mean, it's it's like one take. It's not like split camera where it's like, okay, we can show them falling this way and then we'll we'll shoot it from another angle. It's one shot. Dudes fall off and they die. That I love that. I don't know what it was, but it was I. I haven't seen that before. I thought it was pretty cool. What are your thoughts on how they filmed that? I tell you what, I love the just the overall look of this film and the amusement park uh, chunk overall is I think great. I mean, you you have that. You have just the look as once once the guys show up and you have that like swinging. I, I can't think of what the name is that big round thing. That's on the pendulum arm. That's kind of swinging around. Right. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And that thing is kind of in the background of a few of the scenes, just kind of swinging out towards you and everything is just shot really cool, really well. And I mean, you have the, the fact that it's amusement park at night, so it's dark, but it's lit up with all the crazy lights and the neon and everything. Right. And I think it's just, really really well shot i think the whole the whole movie just the you know and, and some of the some of the scenes all of a sudden they'll cut to a a little slow-mo shot which i think is really well used in here you know where some movies it gets overplayed the slow-mo gets overused and that's kind of been one of the knocks about dread you know and some of these other movies and i think it's done really well in this movie so and overall i think it was really a great looking movie 
I agree with you 100%. I I think the slow motion scenes, there's not a lot of them, but they're used to the advantage of the film. And you're right, the the cinematography is just the colors, man, look great. Uh, the angles, there's just the whole thing, the way it's shot. But this amusement, especially when Woody Harrelson is hanging on that ride with one arm. I love it. Up, it's just like, that's just brilliant shot. I just love the way that looks. And you just see just everybody drop in. And he, then he gets on what? The little roller coaster? He gets on the roller coaster and he's just blasting people. And he's having he's having fun. Yeah, I mean, he's on, he's going on the roller coasters and he's just picking zombies off as he's riding along. Like, Here we go. Here's another one. Boom, boom. Like, really cool. I mean, you you actually hear Woody Harrelson say, you know, my mom said I would be good at something. Whoever thought it would be zombie killing, and that's <laughs> when you know they take the uh, they let him go all the way. I mean, you've seen him kill zombies throughout the film, but he goes all you know out there and just he mer- he takes them all out, man. It's it's like you have infinite ammo in a video game and you're just blowing people to shreds. Yeah, he's got a plan. I mean, he goes in that little he goes in that little hut thing, kind of locks the gates on it, and just starts setting his ammunition clips out. It, Here's what I'm gonna do. Here we go. And just and he's got the air horn. You know, they've been following him. Like, all right, bring it, boys. And he just he's having fun. <laughs> he's just yeah. blowing zombies away. And I think what makes that priceless is he has no fear whatsoever. No no fear it's it's to him he's a kid in a candy store it's amazing um and what i really love uh, there's kind of a joke about clowns from columbus and i love him when he's like look at this effing clown and it's like <laughs> no seriously look at this effing clown and it's just the clown <laughs> that's just drooling from the mouth ready to eat them and i love it man i laughed hysterically the first time i saw it because i was like oh okay it's not really going to be a clown it's just him joking again and then when yep. you see this thing it's like woo scary well, dog and the cool part too is going back to what we originally said with the rules is it's cool because earlier in the movie one of the rules right was don't be a hero right and when he sees this clown and he, the girl that he has has a thing for is behind that clown he's got to go through this Clown faces biggest fear, right? Clowns. <laughs> and all of a sudden it pops up, bing, be a hero. You know, the rule changes. Like, no, it's time to be a hero. Yep. And it, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was, that was a nice use of that. I, I agree with you, man. I really, really dig. Uh, I really, really dig that. And uh, what's really cool is remember when they're in the vehicle and uh, they run over one of the zombies and it says double tap up on the screen? Yep. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but this whole scene, man, uh, this music park scene is just great. Uh, that's some of the highlights. But I think one of the the other ones about the guy falling is when uh, when Columbus hits the button and the girls fall all the way down and you see this guy fall to his death. It's yeah. like one shot. I'm like, how did they do that? It's so good, man. I don't know how they did it. And I part of me doesn't want to know. It just, to me, it seems so real. So it's uh, it's some good stuff. Well, Mike, I'll tell you a little movie magic. They got real zombies. They brought them on set. They have a zombie wrangler who just kind of keeps, you know, like if you have a wild animal on a movie. And when it's time for the shots, they just hook the zombie up to the bottom of that thing. And they're like, all right. And they just drop them, you know, because they're zombies. We don't care if they live or die. In this, you know, as long as we get one good shot. It's, so that's how it works. That's a little movie magic for me. Good, good deal. Uh, so after they've killed all the zombies, 
what I love is when he sh- when he shoots the he, he sees the Twinkies in the place and he's like false advertising and he gets all upset and then the rats come out. He's not afraid of well, they hear the yeah, they hear the noise in the back room. Yeah. So so uh Columbus fires his shotgun it through the door at whatever that noise was making the noise on the other side. They open it up and a couple little mice come running out and there's the box of Twinkies blown to bits. I don't think those were mice, dude. I think those were rats, man. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it looked like. But, <laughs> but you're right, man. Blown to bits. The, the only Twinkie you can get a hold of. And... Says maybe, maybe you could pick pick the buckshot out and eat around it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, doesn't he like pull it in in his hand? It's real disgusting looking. Ah, <laughs> uh, so awesome. And then of course, uh, they think that the girls again are gonna drive off, but no. Uh, good old Little Rock throws him a Twinkie, and he's like, "Enjoy the little things." And that's when you hear Columbus kind of, kind of finish off the film and just say, "We're a family now." And you just kind of, you know, in a self-contained movie, they just kind of stuck together and tried to get to as much non-zombie places as they could possibly go. So Dude, it, I'll tell you what, though, just the <laughs> the the scene where. Little Rock throws the Twinkie to Tallahassee, and he gets that Twinkie, and the excited look on his face, he opens it up, and he smells it, and it looks like a guy who obviously has gotten the one thing he wants in the world. Like, if there was anything in the world you could have, and somebody's like, I got it for you, finally. He was so (laughs) excited, and just cracks me up the look on his face while he's just eating this Twinkie. I hear you, man. I love it. It's it's the final payoff, you know? It's This guy is just infatuated with Twinkies, and when he gets it, it's like, you know, the tough guy is now gone. He's a little tiny kid, you know? It's like the kid in the candy store that's been climbing all the way to the top of the, you know, the cabinet to get the, the Snicker bar he wants, and he takes that first bite, and it's like it's heaven to him, man. Good stuff. Yep. So is there anything else you want to talk about before we give our rating of the film, sir? Well, there's a great scene after the credits. If you wait till the credits are over, oh. there's a great scene with Tallahassee and Bill Murray. Another little ad lib scene that they throw in there that I think is pretty hilarious. Oh, wait. Maybe I've seen it. What happens? It's basically them doing uh, – Bill Murray's basically dead, and Tallahassee's talking to him, and he kind of wakes back up and – they're working. They're, he's trying to do an impression, and Bill Murray's doing it for him. And it's just, it's just funny. I don't know. <laughs> just the interaction between the two of them. I mean, obviously that scene uh, dragged out his death. He's like, <sighs> yeah. And then he takes a breath. <laughs> uh, it's great because Emma Stone's like, he he dies finally, and she starts laughing. They're like, what? Why are you laughing? He's like, I can't. He's just the guy. Just he does it for me. <laughs> As a direct line to my funny bone. It's true. Yeah, that that's good times. I, I man, usually I'm an after credits guy. I think I missed that one, man. I think. Oh, Uh-oh. that sucks. Gotta, I'm gonna have gotta to check it out. I gotta check it out, man. So, uh, overall ratings, sir. Um, I think this one kind of deserves two ratings. Um, just the overall fun experience, and then just as a solid movie review itself. So I would say, obviously, fun factor. I mean, this is definitely a five. I mean, it's beyond fun. It's super funny. Um, but I would have to give it 
four and a half just because, you know, there are those few little problems with the ammunition that I have problem with. And I mean, it's over the top, but I think it's a very well done comedy and I give it a strong four and a half. So what about you? Very nice. Um, yeah, just as a, as an enjoyable movie as a movie that I has rewatchability for me where I don't get tired of it. It's a five. Right. And I'm looking, I'm looking right now what, what rate I'm looking on Flickster right now to see what I gave it. And I gave it, four. I have it as, <laughs> I have it a four star movie and that's fair. Okay. Overall. Uh, yeah. Four star movie. That's great for, for a comedy and for a, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, really a zombie movie because I'm kind of the same way as you. I'm not huge into zombie movies. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, that's great. I can't, I don't, know of any other zombie movies that I have rated like that um it's just a fun really cool movie um that it's just for for what it is for being a zombie comedy um they put a lot of cool style and a lot of twists in this movie that I really liked it they because zombie movies for me the thing I, I the reason I don't like a lot of them is because they're kind of the easiest movie to make usually a lot of people I know and just directors, well, that's the first movies they make because it's dirt cheap. It's easy, uh, you know, and you don't have to have a lot of style. It can be dark. Uh, the makeup can look crappy, but it doesn't matter because it can be dark and shadowy and this and that. So for the most part, zombie movies, I think, are they're kind of so easy to do that they kind of all just kind of meld together for me. Right. And I think it's cool when you do something like this where you add this style to it. You add things like the rules and just the the cool look of it. It kind of sets it apart from everything else. Yeah, I mean, it really feels like an original. I mean, it is. There's no really other zombie movie like it, you know, which I think is why so many people love it. It's not in a way it's predictable, but it's not at the same time because you aren't expecting all those rules and you're not expecting to be laughing at a zombie movie. So it's just it's kind of original. So I think that's why, as you said, rewatchability factor, it's humongous, huge yeah. rewatchability factor. I mean, if I could watch a movie twice in two days and I laugh just as much as I did the, the yesterday, I mean, it's flipping good. I mean, I had to, the first time I had to watch it to uh, to write stuff down, and the second time it was just to watch it, just to enjoy it. And uh, it's great rewatchability film, man. It's good and stuff. And it's great considering, really, I mean, outside of, there's really only four people in the movie. I mean, you have the Bill Murray for a few minutes. You have Apartment 406, you know, and you have the gas station guy, and that's really about it. But those are just like a minute here, a minute there. Right. Really, the the ninety eight percent of the movie is four people. Right. Going off, and so you know that that could get boring. That could the rewatchability could go down because okay, yeah, you know, there's not a there's not a lot of interweaving you can do with four people, but it's great, man. Like you say, I watched it uh, yesterday morning while I was waiting to get my tires changed. <laughs> I watched it in the van, and then I watched it again last night and finished it this morning. And uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. Okay, so let me ask you something. Um, would you let your kids watch this movie? Because, I mean, there's there's no nudity in it. And, I mean, obviously, there's there's not a whole lot of swearing in it, but would you let your kids watch it at all? I have. My kids have um, previously, a couple months ago, I was watching this movie, and uh, my kids walked in. And, you know, it wasn't a movie that I said, hey, guys, come, you guys should watch this. But it also was a movie that I wasn't afraid if they walked in 
into the family room and, and, you know, saw it. And so I was just watching it and they came in and they both kind of stood there and watched it. And, um, I think they walked into the scene where they were at the, the Indian gift shop, you know, and they were just blasting stuff. So that's a good scene, you know, just watching these people destroy stuff. Oh, a kid will love that, you know? And, and so they did, they watched pretty much the rest of it and they're like, that was a funny movie. That was great. You know, and it's not too scary, you know, so I'm not worried about them being scared. We have nightmares about it and whatever. And, and they really enjoyed it. They, they asked me then when I was, watching it last night they're like oh this we're gonna watch that movie that we watched before like yeah you guys want to actually watch it this time you know and so they were kind of kind of more into it so yeah it, i think it's cool you know for kids there is some language which i had to be careful with right but there's not a whole lot to be scared to of with kids i think that's just my opinion but yeah i did uh you know you guys can knock me for it but i even let my four-year-old watch it and she laughed hysterically every time a zombie got hit or like punched in the face, whatever. They were just laughing to. It's like, Dad, can we watch that again? Dad, can we watch that again? It's like, I don't know. I just the first time around, I let my oldest one watch it. She laughed dramatically, and my little one just happened to be in, and she's she gets scared easily. I mean, if there's a fly. She'll start screaming at the top of her lungs. She is the most. <laughs> she's one of those kids that is scared at the littlest, tiniest thing. I mean, it's like you get a thunderstorm, you better like she ain't leaving your bed ever. And uh, and but Zombieland, she was just laughing, and she actually would scream laugh because of how funny it was to her. So I, I was just That's awesome. I felt bad. I was like, man, I don't know if I should let my kids watch this, but I was just wondering if it was something you would do. So I don't feel so bad now that you let yours watch it. That's awesome. So we're bad. <laughs> we're bad parents. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> good times. So that's awesome, sir. So uh, anything else that uh, you want to say before we move into emails? No, nothing. Not really. Good deal. All right. So let's hear what the STL Nation has to say. All right, sir. So I uh, got a few emails on this one. Uh, the first one comes from uh, John, the music man. And uh, he says, I have to say, I'm not a big horror fan, which me and you, um, well, I originally thought you weren't a horror fan because I would always, on Movie Mojo Monthly, it kind of, I got that vibe. But, you know, recently you're like, dude, I love horror movies. It's just the new stuff. It all sucks. I'm like, I oh. Just, I, I, I don't like bad horror, and that's most of what the new stuff is. Right. Agree 100%. So, you know, I'm all about watching, uh, you know, I think you've been trying to watch some old school ones. And I think, the, like, the newest one you did was, like, uh, Last House on the Left, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been getting some of like, I watched wreck, which was the, you know, the, uh, I guess Spanish version of quarantine. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Last house on the left ATM. That was awful. So that kind of was that kind of like, yep. See, this is what I'm trying to stay away from. Um, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new one werewolf. Uh, there's a new werewolf movie and it's like the hunters of werewolves or something. I don't know. It just came out on Tuesday. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be bad, but I don't know. So, you know, I'm a kind of a sucker for werewolf movies, but they don't make good werewolf movies, man. The only, no. the only two werewolf movies that I've ever loved was Silver Bullet and Dog Soldiers. Everything, even American Werewolf in, in London is cool, 
but it's not my favorite. You know, it's like uh, it's so hard to find a good werewolf movie. So, uh, but that's good, sir. I'm glad uh, you're old school whore like me. So it's good times. Uh, he said, I did really like the narrative, uh, the narration style of the rules. And Woody in this movie was awesome. I really wish they made a sequel. Uh, they left it wide open. I even have the title. They even have a title uh, for Zombieland 2, The Search for Twinkies. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where he saw that at. Maybe it's on IMDb. But uh, but for me, I'm cool without a sequel. I think they actually were thinking about doing a TV series, but that kind of fell through as well. So I'm not complaining either. I think this is very good self-contained film. So. So that's John the Music Man. So thank you, sir, for writing in. Always a good time. All right. And uh, we actually only have one more because people were kind of slacked on emails this time, but that's all right. And uh, this one's from Anthony, the epic emailer. And as we know, he's just he's our comedian of the STL group, that's for sure. And uh, he's like, hey, Masunis, and possible guest co-host, which you knew that Jameson was going to be. That's America's co-host to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh you asked on facebook for emails for zombie land i'm gonna go ahead by sending you one when i first heard about this movie i thought it looked good but thought it would be a flash in the pan and be forgotten soon after this is one of the reasons why i decided not to see it in theaters when i finally was able to see it i couldn't help stop from kicking myself because i didn't see it sooner uh, or in the theaters as i greatly enjoyed it the four main characters were excellently done and they meshed well together while being different from each other that uh, I wasn't bored with any of them. Woody Harrelson's character continually searching for a Twinkie was fun and couldn't help feel happy for him when he finally got one. And uh, we can't forget to mention the surprise cameo of Bill Murray. I'm glad that they were able to keep it mostly hidden from the public until its release, which he makes a good point. I don't ever remember hearing anything about this at all. Um, how about you? Do you recall anything? No, I never got it spoiled. I did see it like right when it came out on DVD, but it did make its short theatrical run or whatever. Without, I, I never heard any spoilers. So that was nice. That would have that would have angered me if I had a friend who would have spoiled that for me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, however, when I think about it, I can't help recall when uh, Dan spoiled it for Jason on an episode of Flicks, uh, which, yeah, like I said, infamous story, man. I, I feel bad for Jason, man. They had to go through that torture because that sucks, man. That, that's a phenomenal cameo. And he goes, Zombieland was a, uh, was a movie that took the zombie genre in a different direction uh, than the ones in the past. That's probably a reason why it became the top grossing movie in the genre passing the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, which was good in its own right. Uh, I rate the movie 4 out of 5 and definitely 1 to check out. That's all for my email. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about the movie. Until then, see ya. So that is Anthony, the epic emailer. So thank you, sir, for writing in on that one. And I want to say we have one more here. Hold on. Let me find it. I'm trying to... Where'd you go? Hmm. I thought uh, somebody else wrote in. Oh, on Zombieland. Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian's our last one. Okay. He writes in and says, Zombieland, four stars. Uh, it was funny, scary, loads of references. The cameos near the end was awesome. Uh, it's my second favorite zombie movie. The first is Shaun of the Dead. And uh, I guess he's on, a, he's on a James Bond kick, so he wrote in on some James Bond films. He said, uh, Dr. Number... 
Uh, Dr. No, three stars, many Bond tropes are introduced in this first entry. Many uh, visuals are laughable. The story is good and acting is on par with the genre. From Russia with Love, three stars, more tropes are introduced and others are perfected. The acting is slightly better than previous movie. The introduction to Q is nice. And the last one is Goldfinger, 3.25 stars. Odd Job is fun to watch and the hat is ironic. A recurring goof in early Bond is the blue or green screen that appears many a time. I'll be honest with you, man. I have only seen like one James Bond movie in my life. And for me, that's enough. I'm not really. Yeah. I can understand that. I mean, I own, I think all the James Bond movies and they're, yeah, they're hit and miss. There's some good and there's some bad. And I think Casino Royale is awesome. I think it was great. Um, I just watched a, an extended trailer yesterday. We got an extended trailer for Skyfall, and the, that looks just awesome. It looks great. Um, so I'm actually really excited for it. I'm not normally really excited for Bond movies. Yeah. I just happened to see them. Um, ever since I was a kid, it just was something, you know, oh, it's a new Bond movie. I guess we see this now. And uh, so, yeah, I, so I've had kind of varying degrees of excitement for Bond um, and I do like some of the older ones and uh, some of the newer ones, I guess. But, yeah, they're good to go through. They're fun. Some of them are hard to get through, but most of them are fun. Good deal. So, yeah, that is it for emailers. So thank you, guys, everybody that wrote in. Always a good time. And uh, I, I know you, sir, you're like, dude, we need to get some of your emails over at Movie Mojo Monthly, man, because you're not getting a whole lot over there, are you? Nobody loves us over there. That sucks. We're just man. we're all by ourselves, just talking. It's all good. Hey, you can always rely on on my email to send in, right? So we do we do have a one religious emailer every month, which is nice. We at least we can fall back on that. It's true. You just don't play my sound clips. That's okay. But yep, that's fine. <laughs> it's all your good. words sound better coming out of my mouth when I read them. It's true. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's true nobody wants to hear me so <laughs> all right sir so uh let's get into the music spotlight All right, sir. Uh, we play Skillet on this show whenever you're on, man. So I love it. So it's a good time. So here's the deal, man. This is a fun, fun movie. And uh, as far as a fun Skillet song, I thought uh, Those Nights are a good song. But I'm like kind of leaning on Whispers. That song's great. The Last yeah, yeah. Night. So I don't know, man. I'm leaving up to you. I'm giving you Whispers. I like, I like Whispers, man. That That's a good one. All right. You want to go with Whispers, man? All right. Yeah. Good times because uh, that's kind of what we do here. When Jameson comes on, we play some Skillet because everybody's, you know, the the hardcore STL fans, they're lovers of Skillet. So it ain't, it ain't you know, the first rodeo. And uh, they're like, <laughs> we got to hear some Skillet. And I'm excited, man, because I, I just sent you a text yesterday. They got six songs done already for the new album, man. I'm That's ex- exciting, man. I can't wait. I'm excited. I, I actually text Jen. I was like, hey, how many songs are you singing on? But she ain't, or I should not say text, but I tweeted her. How many I was going to say, that's impressive. Are you texting with her? <laughs> I wish, man. I, I'm only friends with Pillar, man. Uh, and that's that's cool for me. But uh, I, I don't have the cool, fun status of Skillet yet. But maybe one day it'll happen. So, 
so yeah, I thought uh, I thought we go with that, and then uh, and then of course you, sir, um, have uh, the upcoming episode. I think you told me you are recording tonight, so I, I fingers can't... crossed it's going to be tonight. Yeah, fingers crossed, and you better give Brian, you know, tell him that uh, I was absolutely jealous of of what he did yesterday, but that's so awesome, and hopefully he did some headbanging for me at the concert last night. Man, it would have been cool. Yeah, it sounded like they had a good time, man. Good deal. And uh, so what? Uh, what's your plans for some upcoming uh, Movie Mojo Monthly besides your episode you're recording tonight? Um, you know, we don't really have any major plans laid out. Normally we have, you know, like a, a, a top 10 episode or something. And we've been kind of kicking around different ideas and some different changes we want to do. Um, but we don't have anything really set in concrete just yet. So um, kind of just our basic previews reviews news guilty pleasures nonsense just ridiculousness and uh yeah we'll see how it goes from there so hopefully it's it's always a good time doing the movie mojo monthly man we we love it yeah man i love it it's always i always wait for that to hit my itunes feed i'm like when's that sucker gonna hit when's that (laughs) sucker gonna hit so uh i'm excited for it sir but don't change too much man you know don't fix what's broken you know it's all good wait don't fix what's not broken. I, right. Don't fix. <laughs> oh man, it's nothing gets done at Masuna's house because he's like, don't fix what's broken. It's true. It's true. Um, and then uh, I'm excited, sir, to hear that. Uh, that should be coming out in the next few days. So that's yeah. that's some good times. And then uh, don't forget to check out iTunes um, for uh, both of our shows. Uh, it's been uh, like I said, man. I'm, I'm kind of excited the past few days. Uh, you know, normally I got about 45 to, to 50 subscribers, which is flipping amazing. But all of a sudden, I, I went up to 134. I was like, how did that happen? But I'm not going to complain whatsoever. So thank you all the new listeners. And uh, you guys need to head over to Jameson's, Jameson's show because uh, it's some good times, hey, man. How do you know they didn't come from my show? It's true. It, ah, there you go. I don't know. It's possible, man. Uh, you, you got some good listeners over there. And then uh, don't forget to uh, rate the show on iTunes. You don't have to leave a review. Uh, please don't do one star because, you know, that really that, that crushed my feelings, man. If, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all, right? Yeah, just like your mom has said. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Uh, don't forget to check out our group, um, the STL Nation, which uh, uh, recently um, there was some, some SmackDown made up on there. Um, which I guess I'm going to kind of get into it now. Um, for the next few weeks, there's going to be some inconsistencies with the show. Um, as you know, after Zombie Land, I was covering the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and I was going to do a group of three, you know, the three worst, the second best, and then my final favorites. But I've decided to uh, do just one complete episode on the whole series because there's only a few that I really love, but. Um, there's just been a lot of uh, family issues that are currently going on on my wife's side. And now on my side, uh, my grandmother had a stroke and uh, she's 96 and I'm pretty much traveling to Chicago tomorrow to say goodbye. So I really needed this this podcast episode, Jameson, today. So I'm just so glad everything worked out really well. I, I've had a blast. But uh, for the next you know, few weeks... A uh, couple months, it's going to be kind of inconsistent. You're not going to get too many episodes, but I'll try to do what I can because, you know, I still need this show. It's kind of therapeutic for me. It kind of helps keep my sanity. But, uh, you know, Jameson has been an amazing friend to me during this hard time because, 
he's kind of gone through some of this as well. So I want to thank you on air, sir, for just being an awesome friend to me during my uh, crazy, crazy times I've been having, sir. Oh man, those are nice words. No man, it's 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 easy. You know, I know it's not it's not easy going through the trials that life throws at you. You know, and and uh, it's good to have a place like this, like the STL, to uh, just kind of get away from the, the you know the, the rough roads that, that life throws at you sometimes. So hopefully, you know, all of us here in the STL can can help you out. We all understand when there's you know some podcasts and all this takes us takes a backseat to real life and family. So. Um, you know, hopefully there's no drama concerning that and, and, uh, hopefully everything gets better. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, in the group, uh, there was kind of a joke that was said and my wife, uh, very sensitive at this time and took it the wrong way and things kind of, kind of blew up for a little bit. So, uh, the thing with sarcasm is, is that you can't understand somebody's point of view, uh, in text. So I've kind of cut hard, out hard to read tone into that. Yeah. So, you know, and Jameson is very, you know, he's a very sarcastic person in, in text, uh, but it's always in fun loving and I understand it, but I've kind of cut out the whole joking and sarcasm thing in the group as of lately because we, you know, I've been guilty of being jaded uh, the past couple of weeks, just kind of, you know, not being rude, but, you know, sarcasm has just kind of been a big thing that has happened. So, you know, things have kind of refocused and things are getting back to normal of just posting really good topics and having good discussions. But, you know, things happen. Sometimes things get out of control and you got to kind of put a little, you know, smackdown, if you will, back into things. So uh, that's been going good. But uh, we will eventually record a Change of Channels podcast episode. We're going to be doing Thundercats. Hopefully we'll get that done this month. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, sir. I, I got to be watching some Thundercats soon, though, man. I'm kind of. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of slacking a little, too. I told my wife that this morning. I'm like, man, I got to start watching some more Thundercats. Like, I, I watched a few episodes right after our 21 Jump Street. You know, I was, we announced it. I'm like, all right, I watched some Thundercats. And then it went a couple weeks. And I'm like, I got to start watching some more. It's... You know, I just can't just go straight from memory. It's true, man. So, you know, if just since most of the fans are already STL fans, if we don't have a new episode out this month, you know, we'll we'll have it out next month, maybe two. But like I said, the way things are, it's going to be kind of inconsistent uh, for for at least the next five to six weeks. Uh, the good there was good news on my wife's side of, of issues, um, you know, dealing with their family. Things have kind of there's kind of some good news to it. I don't really want to say what's going on per se, but it's just kind of been a light at the end of the tunnel in some aspects, but you know, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring things down at all, but I just want to give you guys a heads up that, uh, whenever you get an episode, it's whenever you get an episode. Cause that's kind of the thing I've been from the beginning of the show is that, you know, once a week you get a new episode and it used to be on Tuesdays, but it's just, uh, you know, life gets in the way and, uh, got to do what you got to do, you know? So, Luckily, you know, you know, things, things will work out as always. So they always do good times. And then, uh, I've had a lot of good feedback on the underground hour. Uh, episode three was the last one to come out before zombie land. So, uh, those are pretty easy to put through and, uh, hopefully I'll get some of those out as well. If you have any fun stories, Sebastian's been sending some good stories. Uh, love to hear some, you know, just anything, anything fun that you would like to just talk about. You know, a couple sec, couple sentences. That's all good. Send it, send it that way as well. So, I think that's about it, sir. Um, 
yeah, as far as emails go, we got uh, sweepdelaypodcast@yahoo.com. We got uh, stlpodcast@gmail.com because the Yahoo one's kind of stupid. Got Twitter, and then uh, we got the group. And then what's your uh, what's your information over at your site, sir? Oh, if any of these awesome and epic emailers want to get a hold of Brian and I. Uh, you can get a hold of us at moviemojomonthly at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter uh, at mojomonthly. We've been going back and forth with a few people on here, and uh, it's been fun. Check us out on Facebook and iTunes. It's pretty easy to find us. We're pretty much linked with STL on iTunes, so if you look, yep. look at STL, look down at the bottom of the page. You'll probably see Movie, Movie Mojo Monthly. It's true. Uh, you got Changing Channels is linked along with Movie Mojo Monthly, and then uh, Changing Channels is actually linked to your side of itunes which is pretty cool you got all the dvmp uh i say that right dv dvmpe the there you go podcast empire yes. yeah yeah all of his shows are linked there but good old little changing channels podcast is attached there which is pretty good times so i had a lot of fun on 21 jump street sir that, that was a good episode man i had a lot a lot of fun on that one man that it was yeah that was a lot of fun yeah we'll have a lot of tv news to talk about because we've had some recent people unfortunately die so we'll have to kind of yeah. touch base on that but uh as far as uh upcoming movies uh you know the whole halloween thing we got uh some i'll get the nightmare on elm street episode out uh whenever i can and then uh if i have time i'll throw in some silver bullet because that's my favorite werewolf movie um, and then after October ends, when things kind of get back to normal, the voting process for the next movie is RoboCop versus Terminator. So I'm going to throw up that vote. You guys vote and just let me know which one you want to hear. RoboCop versus Terminator. And uh, then hopefully after the trials and tribulations of things end, we'll get back on the consistent once a week uh, or twice a week because the underground hour will be kicking in high gear as well. And uh, things will kind of get back to normal. So just got to get through, got to get through the peaks and valleys, man. That's how it is. So, so uh, anything else you uh, you have, sir, before we uh, before we sign off? Nope, I am good to go. Well, uh, thank you, sir, so much for joining me on Zombieland. Uh, I had a lot a lot of fun on this. I know we've kind of been planning this for a while, and uh, man, we went we went over two hours in this one. I'm not complaining one bit, man. <laughs> oh, it didn't feel like it, so that's good, I guess. Yeah, didn't feel like it. As far as the music spotlight goes, um, after you hear the main uh, spotlight song, uh, the song you heard in the beginning, kind of the unofficial theme song, if you will, of Zombieland, as I like to call it, uh, you'll get the full version of that tune after uh, Skillet's Whispers song. So, uh, so stick around for that one. It's called Infected. It's good stuff. So I think that's it. I think we can call this a wrap, sir. So good time. Sounds good to me. Hit All right. Hit the music, Mike. Hit the music. All right. Well, you guys take care. Masuna Sal.
Welcome to La Mansion de Murray. Ah, Bill Murray. No way. This guy has a direct line to my funny bone. I mean, Boy, everything... who's Bill Murray? Yeah, I've never hit a kid before. I mean, that's like asking who Gandhi is. Who's Gandhi? She's 12. Oh, hurry, hurry, he's on the ceiling. Come get him. Oh, Light him up, Ray! See you on the other side, Pete. Oh, he's so disgusting. Yeah. Like Don't cross the street! Oh, I don't, I don't no. want to 